This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, let's do this. Great to be back, everybody, and uh, great to have you all with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. What's going on? Andrew Hustler-Patterson with you. Back from a few days at beautiful Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Been talking about it all summer. It was the... uh, Well, it's always been the best three days of the year, to be perfectly honest. And once again, we had just an absolutely amazing time. I want to give a big thanks right off the bat to Pitt and Julie Taren and uh, Pat and Janelle Trudell for the incredible hospitality. The boys and I uh, went up, had a great time fishing, great time back at the lodge. And uh, man, considering the way the last year and a half has gone, it was a, a long time coming. So right off the bat, thanks to them. And a big thanks to... Two great friends of Winnipeg Sports Talk that stepped in while I was away. Brandon Rewicki with a great episode on Friday. And of course, the sports rabbi himself, Matt Leibel, who popped in yesterday in my absence. And I will say this. I wasn't sure whether I would be back in time uh, on Monday. And, you know, just to make sure, you know, we got Matt in. But I was sort of hoping to jump on the program, talk about the news coming out of the weekend with the Jets protected list. But it was a damn good thing we had Matt ready to go because um, due to the forest fires, we basically hung around for four hours yesterday waiting for the smoke to dissipate um, for the plane to be able to come in to pick us up. So um, thanks so much to the guys. Did an amazing job. Can't wait to have them back on the program to talk with myself as well. Um, And of course, the guy making it all happen while I was away for a couple days is Michael Remus, the CTO. We'll bring him in. Uh, but just as before we do it, big thanks to all of our sponsors making Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day. Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Breezy Bend Country Club. Got a, another big, big win for a Breezy member at the AM. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Assiniboia Downs. Live racing tonight. Looking forward to uh, making up for some missed picks yesterday. And, of course, Cool Bet Canada. Now, we do have a huge show today. Lots of talk about the expansion draft tomorrow. Friday is the NHL draft. And Winnipeg's Carson Lambos, Winnipeg Ice defenseman, top-rated WHL draft defense prospect, is going to join us as well. Expected to go somewhere in the first round. Looking forward to having him jump on in just a few minutes. After that... The hair himself, Jim Toth, will pop on. We'll talk Jets. We'll talk expansion draft and much more. And we're also going to have Darren Bombing, Bonspire Sports TV, kick it with us after 2 p.m. If you're watching live on YouTube right now, as um, Bombers had to cancel practice today, uh, outdoors at least. We'll find out more as to whether they went inside, as well as a new kicker on the way to Winnipeg, which is sort of an interesting development, considering we talked about 100 players coming to camp, but only one kicker. That was Mark Leggio. Um, now some competition with the veteran Tyler Carpena coming in. So we'll get to all of that coming up. Lambos, Toth, bombing. So much to get to on the Winnipeg Sports doc- Docket today. Uh, but let's get to it with Michael Remus. And uh, as I welcome in everybody um, here, yes, I did see you, Stickster, besmirching me, saying I was holding up pictures of other people's fish. No, we did. We caught a ton. It was... Um, I mean, as I said, well, I'll fire some pictures out, but if you do want to go to my Instagram or my Twitter, at Hustlerama, um, got a few of the, uh, the the better ones that we've got out there, a few double headers with the boys, and at the end of the day, I mean, it is a, um, 
Uh, hard, hard to describe just how great of a place Aikens Lake is and the, as great of a time that we had. But uh, Michael Remus was working for the weekend, holding it down. Remo, uh, great to talk to you again. Uh, as I said, thanks to the guys that filled in, but a big thanks to you for keeping the show going while uh, I uh, ditched off for a couple days. Yes, thank you. I'm happy to be back here. Happy that you're back, uh, back safely after, you know, the delayed flight yesterday. Nice to seeing you posting pictures of other people's catches uh, on social media. That's <laughs> way to go. It's yeah, like, Dom Zolt and Mo will love that. They'll yeah. all be, if they were on right now and not working, they'd probably be in here to take credit for those. It, However, I can tell you, those if I was holding it, I caught it. Um, we did catch a ton over the course of the week. It's weekend. like when you walk down the street and you see a nice car and pose in front of it and then just pop it on the gram, Huss. Well, well done. That's my favorite. That's might be my favorite, uh, favorite, uh, you know, message in the chat today so far. So that's a good, that's a good one. Uh, th- yeah, thank you everyone uh, for hopping in. Fun with uh, Libel and Ruiki, but uh, nice to have it. Have you back and your uh, solid home internet connection. Thank you, everyone, who uh, put up with, with libel <laughs> on his vacation setup. I joked hey, it was he... like he was in a hostage video. <laughs> well, as I said, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, hopefully that didn't come up. And um, shout out to the, the patience of everyone with us here. Uh, one of the other reasons, and you will know well this, I mean, I really wanted to pop on the program, even if I had to come in later on. And I'm not going to call this a victory lap, Remus. However, um, I really do think it was this show in episode 12 where the conversation on could Logan Stanley have actually played his way into a position where he'd be protected protected by the Winnipeg Jets? Like That conversation sort of started in that chat with Murat. Um, and if you haven't seen it, um, obviously everything's still available on YouTube. If, you, if you're interested in that conversation in, what, mid-March, I guess, around the 22nd, 23rd, after Stanley had been back in the lineup for about a week. Uh, I went back and listened to it last night, and it was pretty interesting. I mean, sort of the line of thinking that I had, the conversations, throwing it around, bouncing it back and forth with Murat. And and, and Remo, I mean, in a lot of ways, that actually pretty much came as, you know, I expected back then. Um, You know, what they had put into Logan Stanley, the growth that he'd shown this year, um, you know, his, you know, and again, I know there was a big conversation about where he played in the lineup and, you know, it was on the third pairing and whatnot, but I mean, I think Logan Stanley exceeded everybody's expectations. And I mean, he is such a unique player with unique size and skill set that I mean, I just don't think the Winnipeg Jets were willing to give up on that. And listen, it's made some, you know, it was a very difficult decision, I'm sure. I mean, this is absolutely no knock at Dylan DeMello. I think every Winnipeg Jet fan is hoping that there is a way that, you know, the Winnipeg Jets don't have to go replace Dylan DeMello on the blue line. But certainly, as we saw here when we did the live polls on the chat, uh, I think it ended up being about 72% of fans that were with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk that, you know, wanted to protect Logan Stanley, about 28 for Dylan DeMello. Uh, but I would say 100% of Jet fans are hoping both those guys will be member of the team, members of the team. And we're going to find that out tomorrow night when the Seattle Kraken officially announce their expansion picks. And that's going to lead right into a lot of draft talk as to uh, the young players being selected by NHL teams on Friday night. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the expansion draft. Maybe more excited for this draft than, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup final or uh, <laughs> hockey in a while. I mean, I think it's going to be an event. I saw, I think, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton going to be assisting and making some of these picks. I know some Seattle. And Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Macklemore. They're yeah. really getting all the who's who. 
Mariners, uh, Kyle Lewis, what they couldn't get Griffey. He was just at the uh, MLB All Star game. They couldn't. The Kyle Lewis, rookie of the year, was the was the only guy they could get. I am rocking uh, the Mariners have with the green for uh, the Kraken. They'll be unveiling their jerseys as well. So I think it's exciting. A new team in the league. The divisions will finally have even numbers, and we'll know the players. And you know, we see the list of names, but I think you know a lot of these names has are going to get picked, and then I think traded uh immediately and which ones those are we will wait and see but you know as far as it relates to the jets i think a lot of people would rather them take uh crack and take appleton i know frank said on his uh daily face-off podcast that he thinks appleton is a slam dunk i've seen some other people say demello i think it really is a coin flip it depends on you know where you want to go elsewhere appleton um you know very reasonable salary he can get you middle six production DeMello, very steady. Maybe it will cost you a bit more. I think there are a number of defensemen who who cost up there. Uh, As far as cheap forwards, I don't know if there's many. I guess it depends on who you ask. So um, we'll just have to wait and see Wednesday night. And it's going to be ESPN's like first, you know, job as the new national broadcaster or... oh i forgot about, i yeah. didn't even think so, about that so this is now on uh, on the espn clock nbc like, yeah thank it's you like, for your service yeah nbc's done espn sports and nhl network all you know collaborating i guess that's how they're going to do it going forward so uh we'll see who their new you know who they have i know john Boochcross was tweeting like videos of their zoom preparation for it so i'm at, i'm looking forward to that too so i will be tuned in and watching this expansion draft very closely. Well, it's funny. Waiters just popped in in the chat. What up, Waiters27? There's a video today that shows Kevin Weeks yeah. announcing Alex we- Kerfoot for Seattle. Now, you sent that over to me, and essentially it's in that famous uh, Seattle fish market. Yeah, the pike market. This- oh, okay, yeah. So that's where they throw the massive fish. I mean, every time Monday Night Football goes there, they do a big intro of guys whipping around these massive fish. Kind of reminded me of me on the weekend at Aikens Lake, but I digress. Um, Kevin Weeks is there with one of the fish guys, and they throw a fish in almost like it's got the pick, and then they read out that you know they're taking Alex Kerfoot from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, listen, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think the Kraken have gone forward and you know made. I don't think they've had to make all their decisions. It's not like they get two days of production to do it. So what'll be interesting, Remus, if they actually did, okay, we take Kerfoot, and then there's uh, McCabe, and then there's Travis Dermott. They do it for all the players, and then when they find out who the picks are, they throw that one in. But needless to say, there's a lot of people on the internet assuming that Alex Kerfoot is already a member of the Seattle Kraken because of an internet video that's uh, floating around on social media. Yes, here is that internet video. Uh I think I might have muted it. But anyway, they're bringing the fish in. That guy catches oh. the fish. And they're reading it out. Alex Kerfoot. Now, like, they just showed... If there were... If, no, the Kraken after has tweeted. Now, that's just one of the takes that we did. You didn't see the other takes. Well, why didn't we see the other takes? Well, where are the other takes, Hess? There's no videos of, <laughs> of other takes. Like, show them. Let's, let's see. So, I have no idea. I don't think that they would, like, do it in public and have this tweeted out. So, maybe there are... Other takes, but you think if there were was a Jared McCann take, us, they would have it out there. So yeah, well again, it might have just been the person doing one video. I'm not sure what the origin of this. Uh, put it this way, I won't be. I'm not sure. It, it we'll have to check Coolbet. I'm not sure if there's any expansion Coolbet, props going on. What's cool? Coolbet's got to get on it, Hus. So you got to put in a word. Be like, where's the expansion <laughs> props? I want to bet if they're taking Carey Price. I want to bet if Tarasenko's getting picked. 
I see other that books offering be, it. I, yeah, well, I mean, I have a feeling that that will be something that, you know, maybe will come up probably in a limited. That's got to be a difficult thing to to mm-hmm. handicap. I mean, man, if you're one of those guys that sets lines, I mean, I don't know how you. You know what would be interesting? Let's set our own line here, and maybe we'll do it for tomorrow. I'm going to have to think about this. But let's just assume that this decision for the Seattle Kraken is going to come down to Mason Appleton or Dylan DeMello. Um, but what's the lie? Who's the favorite to be selected? I mean, it uh, depends on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this all goes back to, you know, my a- initial, you know, the theory, the conversation about protecting Logan Stanley. I, I think that Logan Stanley, with the potential that he has and what he's shown so far coming out of his rookie season, would have been an automatic selection. Um, you know, listen, you could miss on a few. But the the high end of what the player could turn out to be, I think that's a big reason why, you know, the Jets are keeping him and not putting him exposed because I think that he would be automatically selected. I mean, Dylan DeMello is a heck of a defenseman and will help the Kraken or would help another team if he was traded there. And then you add in Mason Appleton with the season that he had last year, uh, making less than a million dollars under team control when his contract comes up. I mean, there's some some you know some advantages to taking both players. Uh, but obviously the usage of those players. I mean, I don't think Mason Appleton would be picked to be traded. Dylan Newell could be, though. Um, so I don't know. R- Remo, where are you at right now? I mean, it was interesting. You mentioned that the thing with the Gregor and Saravelli. Um, Frank was adamant that he thought it would be a quick decision for the Seattle Kraken to go with Mason Appleton. You just pop into that middle six and see where he goes from there. I think you really do have to evaluate the other defensemen available over the course of the of the expansion draft to, to to figure that one out, but as far as Appleton or Demello, I mean, where who do you think would be the favorite right now as we speak on this Tuesday, uh, whatever uh, thirty hours or so before we're going to hear the picks? Uh, that's so hard. I think it's really even. Um, I think Appleton maybe because he's cheaper. I think there's other defensemen. Frank kind of swayed me um, yeah. with that one, so. I'm going to go with Frank. And that was Frank's what he's heard from front office people. But I've also seen people take Appleton. But I think, you know what, the, uh, the, the cheaper contract, the guy who can produce, you know, 10 to 15 goals for Appleton, that's what maybe you could project to him for him over 82 games. I mean, that's a really strong pick. So uh, maybe you go, go him or do they go try to re- reunite? Uh, I know DeMello played with Dylan, uh, Brandon Dillon in San Jose and we're a pretty solid pair. Do you yeah. want to try to bring those guys together? There's a couple defensemen on Washington uh, that are injured. There's a couple teams where it's like, who do you pick out of these guys? Tampa. It's like, who do you pick from Tampa? They have a number of strong players. So I am looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing how this team looks. Yes, everyone in chat, you're exactly right. It is time for a poll. Um, now, Rima, I don't know whether you want to actually set one up or we just want to say, and no, this isn't who you want to, like, take your own personal opinion out of it. This is who do you think will be selected? Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people I think would prefer, and this is not a knock on Appleton, but I mean, the Jets needs on defense. I think they're hurt more by the loss of DeMello than the loss of Mason Appleton. But the question is, who do you think the Kraken will select, assuming that there's no deals uh, that the Jets make to you know, force them not to take those players? It's up right now. Mm-hmm. Hit us in there. Okay, we, we will revisit this a little bit later the poll, on the program. Uh, we did do the poll yesterday. I think Appleton it was like 58% or something. I forget what it was. But we can just do it every day and see, you know, just yeah. gauge it, It's like taking opinion. the temperature. 
It's yeah, like taking the temperature of the uh, of the current chat. So yeah, if you're with us on YouTube, click on that. While you're doing it, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up. And if you're new and haven't already subscribed, we're just about at 5,000 subscribers. We're going to have some great prizes to give away for everyone. Make sure you have hit that red subscribe button already. All right, it, so much talk about the expansion draft, but the NHL draft is also on Friday. And in just a second, we're going to bring in a top prospect from the city of Winnipeg, and a member of the Winnipeg Ice. Before we do that, I just have to thank a few of our sponsors, including Royal Sports. Yeah, who knows? I got to tell you, depending on what happens in the draft, I have a feeling there might be uh, there might be some hometown people. If things could work out perfectly and our next guest was picked by his hometown team, I have a feeling they'd be running a lot of those early out of Royal Sports. Of course, it is the sports superstore in Winnipeg when it comes to licensed merchandise from the National Hockey League, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, and the world of soccer. Nobody has a better selection and more incredible stock than Royal Sports, not to mention they are the hockey headquarters for the city. Soccer, baseball, and now with so many things to do outside as we enjoy the summer, an incredible selection of bikes, both BMX, mountain bike, e-bikes there, um, you know, the streetwear and a new expanded fitness section, as well as camping gear. I was very jealous. A couple of the guys I was with had those Yeti mugs and uh, I did not have one. I was more just rocking the 1919 koozie the entire time, which, by the way, flips down. You can put a 16 ounce can or a 12 ounce can in it. Elite, elite koozie. Um, but Royal Sports has it all right now. Pop down before you head out of town or just getting ready for the weekend to dominate summer with our friends at Royal Sports at 650 Rallying EK and 750 Pemina Highway. One thing we did not have out on the island at Aikens Lake was was DQ. And uh, I got to tell you, nice that things have cooled down a little bit, but it's always a great day for a blizzard. Pop by any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs with you and the family. Uh, the DQ at Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Uh, and if you're thinking about having an event or maybe you're attending an event with some friends be the hero at DQ Manitoba on Instagram, put in an order. You can go pick up one of those great ice cream cakes and everyone will love you for it. And of course, Boston pizza is open. I think I might be in for a pie and some wings after uh, eating a lot of fish over the course of the weekend. Right now, the new summer menu is on. The patios are back open. The restaurants are in. You can dine with other people. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. Check out your local Boston pizza the honey dill fried chicken sandwich being featured right now, the burger Italiano, and man, these patio cocktails, the bulldog margarita fishbowl, the white sangria smash, the peachy mojito royale, and the galaxy fishbowl, all waiting for you right now at your local Boston pizza. All right, we're going to talk more about the expansion draft and the Jets situation with JT coming up in a few minutes, but right now, uh, really looking forward to this conversation. He is a Winnipeg native, Winnipeg Ice defenseman, and is the top-ranked defense pro- prospect from the WHL for Friday night's first round of the NHL draft. Let's welcome in Carson Lambos to the program. Carson, what is up? It's great to have you here on Winnipeg Sports Talk in your hometown. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, it's funny. I think back. I'm not sure if you remember this. This is not the first time we have done an interview. I think you came in studio with us um, back. Well, geez, this would be at least three years ago. I want to say you were 14 or 15 representing Manitoba. I'm not sure whether it was the Canada Games or one of the big hockey Manitoba events. But um, 
It's great to have you back. And um, obviously, lots of things have sort of changed. Uh, the last three years have been quite a whirlwind for you, especially when you account for what the pandemic has done to the path of young men like yourselves to Friday's NHL draft. Yeah, definitely lots of things have changed since then. And uh, I'm happy with where I am. A lot of it's been pretty crazy uh, the past couple of years, but I'm excited for what's ahead. Well, what's ahead is uh, hearing your name called at some point. Before we talk about the draft itself, um, you know, this was such a, a strange year, um, you know, with uh, and, and you, like a few individuals, took an opportunity and actually played over in Europe for a while and then came back, played a couple games with the ice and then, um, you know, condition brought you out. Tell us about kind of what you've been through this year, going to Finland and uh, just how strange of a draft year it's been for you. Yeah, it's been insane uh, going over to Finland and experiencing the other side of the world for the first time and uh, getting to see a different culture, playing a different style of game was eye-opening and it was a, a great life experience for me. But uh, also, um, you know, uh, whenever, it was it was crazy when I found out I wasn't going to be able to play anymore and uh, for the rest of the season. So a bit heartbreaking news there, but I'm glad that uh, I made a full recovery. I'm just moving forward with what I got. Tell us about the... Um... The Finland experience, how did it come about? I, I find, you know, every word in Finnish has about 22 letters and 20 of them are consonants. I mean, what was that? Like, tell us about the hockey as well as just what life was like there uh, moving over to a new spot, um, you know, still what, 17 years old. Yeah, um, the the language barrier was uh, was evident the whole time. We didn't really pick up too many words. Like, like you said, it's pretty tough language. And I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't pick up too much, but. Uh, playing on the bigger ice and, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a different style, uh, more of a possession game. And uh, it's a little bit different, like closer to soccer than it is to, to hockey, it feels at times. But uh, it's uh, it was it was good for me to, to see that, and uh, to experience it. And I learned a lot from it. And uh, I think I added a lot to my game because of it. Well, and and, and I guess you, you played a couple games with the men. You played in the junior program as well. I mean, aside from the obvious with the size of the rink, um, how different was the hockey and uh, was it a challenge for you? And uh, did it, did it help you when you came back, albeit only getting to get a couple games in with the ice before your season was over? Yeah, I think uh, there's some things that helped my game and I think I fit to that big ice well, but a couple of things that, you know, were made, were t- tough for me to adjust to and uh, adapt to. But uh, I think there's some things that the big ice called for that, that were good for me and others not so much. So uh, take the good with the bad. So um, you come back, there's all this excitement about, you know, and listen, I mean, you were frankly one of the lucky ones when you compare to, you know, other players your age. I mean, there was a very few number of elite players that, you know, have the opportunity to go over to Finland in the midst of a pandemic. Um, You know, it seemed like the WHL did what they did to finally get into a bubble. And then you come and play a couple of games and had to leave. I mean, what can you tell us about all that? And how disappointing was that for you considering the amount of wait time you had to get back on the ice with your, uh, with your Winnipeg ice teammates and what a big part of that squad you've, you've been for the last few years. Yeah, it was certainly difficult, um, you know, going through a quarantine, coming back from overseas and just uh, looking forward to it so much. And then it being cut short was, uh, was very, very hard and tough. But um, like I said, I'm glad that it's all behind me now and I can just move on forward. Uh, but it was certainly hard times for me. How, uh, how are you feeling now? How is the health? Is there anything lingering from what you've been through? Or uh, are you feeling great, ready to go? And if there was a game tomorrow night, you'd be putting on the skates and ready to fire it up. 
yeah, yeah, like you said, I'd be ready to go tomorrow. We're ready to go tonight, and uh, uh, yeah, no, no more issues uh, as far as my health goes. I'm hundred uh, percent. So, Carson, um, I'm interested. I mean, we've sort of, I mean, like two years ago, we were talking about you on our program with some of the other draft scouts. You know, they identify these kids at 15 and 16. We knew you'd be, you know, a player that would be probably talking to a lot of NHL teams this summer, getting ready for the draft. Normally, there's a combine that has everyone go to it. There's meetings. um, And I'm sure you've sort of, you know, even as a 16-year-old, you knew what the path is. What is the draft prep been like for you um what have you been able to do what hasn't happened this year and uh, then we'll kind of get into maybe some of the conversations you've had with people because i'm sure there's been tons of meetings albeit not a lot of things happening on the ice yeah uh i think the biggest thing with the draft prep is getting kind of questionnaires and interviews with team scouting staff and team team psychologies and personality tests and a lot of things like that so uh it's pretty busy but uh, i'm trying to enjoy it and uh yeah, lots of conversations with with teams like that. Now, uh, Carson Lambos is with us, Winnipeg Ice defenseman, a top prospect for Friday's first round of the NHL draft. Um, in the past, we have heard, and I haven't heard as much of it this year, um, but and maybe it's, it's something you know NHL teams have done. They, maybe they've changed their ways, but like some really weird lines of questioning and things like that. I mean, how? How would you categorize the the conversations you've had with NHL teams? First of all, how many have you spoken to? And is it all pretty much the same thing? Or if, you know, one team kind of asked you some wild stuff and other ones more, uh, more by the book stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to put it by the book. There's a lot of by the book questions from some of the teams. Um, other ones can venture off a little bit away from hockey and uh, more into life and, you know, interest and things like that. So, uh, I never really know what I'm never really know what I'm getting into when when those start, but uh, yeah, they're they're definitely different from team to team. Now, um, you know, in a normal year, um, you and your family and your friends would probably already be in the draft city. There'd be some stuff going on for uh, you know all the draft prospects. The media would be there. You'd be doing a lot of interviews like this. We'd probably be doing it in person. Uh, what are the plans for a uh, team Lambos going in on uh, on Friday night when uh, you hope to hear your name called? Yeah, I think I'm just going to have some family over to my house and uh, watch it on TV and, uh, you know, wait for my hope for my name to be called and see what happens. But, yeah, just going to spend it, spend it with family and uh, try to enjoy the moment, uh, hoping it happens on Friday. Um, How was your time with the ice spin? Um, you know, it was sort of unique that you were drafted by Kootenai and, you know, one of the top players going into that Bantam draft. And, of course, then the Kootenai Ice moved to your hometown. I mean, uh, how, how well did that work out for you this last season, notwithstanding because of everything the damn pandemic did to screw it all up? Yeah, um, it's the ice has been so good for me. Uh, uh, you know, James Patrick as a coach is, you know, is, as a defenseman is, is very been very helpful for me. And um, you know, it's we have a great team and a great group of guys. Uh, I think we are we're going to be really competitive this coming year. And, we have in the past couple of years. So uh, that's, that's makes it a lot more fun and um, I'm looking forward to it. Now I was uh, doing up some reading on, you know, a bunch of draft prospects and it has mentioned that um, your favorite player going up, and this is not a surprise being a Winnipeg kid was one number 33, Dustin Bufflin. Um, how much do you pattern your game after big buff? He's a bit of a unicorn out there, Carson. I imagine there's some things that you'd love to do and some things that, uh, well, there's only one guy that can do what Dustin Bufflin did. 
Yeah, I don't think uh, my game is similar to, to Buffs, but he's just so much fun to watch, and he has, you know, had so much fun out there, and yeah, like you said, like a unicorn, kind of a one-of-a-kind player, and uh, yeah, his game's so unique, and I was, I always loved watching him uh, growing up, watching the Jets. Well, speaking of your game, um, you know, when uh, you know, the scouts have been spending a lot of time watching the games and doing, but a lot of fans, you know, might have seen a game or two, they know the name, but don't know you as much as a player. Um, if people are asking... You know, what are, uh, you know, what, who is Carson Lambos as a player and what he will bring to a National Hockey League organization? What do you say to that? Yeah, I think I'm a two way, well rounded defenseman. I think I uh, take care of business in my own zone and defend hard and hope to play against the other team's best players. But I also add on offense with a good shot and a good vision of the ice. So I think uh, I have a really well rounded game and no attributes that really stand head above shoulders above the other ones. So I think that's my game. Carson, um, you know, you're from here in Winnipeg. You, uh, you know, were a star player in minor hockey. You end up coming back to be part of the Winnipeg ice when the WHL returns to the city. Have you thought at all about what it would uh, feel like to hear your hometown NHL team, the Winnipeg Jets, call your name on Friday night? Yeah, I think that'd be, uh, that'd be cool. I mean, whichever team's going to pick me, I'm going to be happy and, uh, you know, if any team uh, pays, places their faith in me like that, it would be cool. So, uh, yeah, it would be, be awesome to play at home and be around family and things like that. But uh, not not looking for one team or another, just, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Uh, we're about, well, just over 48 hours from the festivities getting going on Friday night. Um, uh, what are the next two days like for you? I mean, is it a lot of just nervous waiting around? Do you have any more conversations with NHL teams? Uh, you're talking to your agent about stuff or uh, you're just going to get out with your buddies and uh, go outside and enjoy a little bit of this time before um, what will be a memorable night, no matter what, on Friday for you uh, looking forward to your hockey future. Yeah, it's pretty hush-hush for now. Uh, I don't think teams like showing their cards and they keep them close to their chest. So uh, just, you know, I've been training and skating and working out, so I'll continue to do that. But, uh, um, you know, maybe try to get some golfing and try to get my mind off things. But, um, yeah, not, nothing too crazy for the next couple of days. What's, um, let me just ask you, you know, as, uh, you know, as a young man, and I mean, I feel for – I mean, listen, you're going to have some great opportunities going forward, and we're able to do some things this year that a lot of your other you know, friends and teammates probably weren't to do. Um, but I have to ask you, as a young man your age, um, you know, what, what this last, I mean, even away from hockey, uh, and, you know, so much of your life is around hockey with the schooling and whatnot, but your friends back here in Winnipeg, um, you know, what's the last month or so been like for you? Is obviously you've been doing training for the draft and doing some interviews, but you know, finally actually probably being able to see some people that you haven't had for, you know, the better part of, uh, you know, a good section of your high school life. Yeah, it's been really nice uh, with things kind of opening at the right time here, uh, getting back into training and seeing friends uh, at the rink and then on the golf course quite a bit too. And, you know, just just kind of getting a little bit back to normal life, which is nice. And uh, I'm enjoying it and I, I have fun, you know, kind of getting back to normal. Well, uh, and hopefully that normal will include hearing your name on Friday night. And, um, you know, at some point, I would imagine, I mean, I know doing previous drafts, um, you know, essentially they're bringing in their prospects, you know, two, three, four days afterwards for a development camp. And I imagine different teams will be able to do different things like that. But 
Um, bottom line is Carson, good luck on the weekend. I know there's a lot of people that are big fans of yours through your work with the ice, obviously growing up here in Winnipeg. And I know there's a lot of people in the Winnipeg sports talk chat right now on YouTube that are, uh, kind of crossing their fingers. The jets might be ad- able to add a, a high end defense prospect that calls Winnipeg his hometown, but, uh, we'll see what happens in the meantime. All the best to you and the family. Um, I know it won't be the same as being there and hearing your name called, but it's all going to lead to the same place. And that, of course, is the National Hockey League. And if we're lucky enough to see you back here with the ice next season, we'll uh, make sure to get you back on the program as well to talk about the future as well as the present as uh, we finally see the ice get back on uh, the ice, as it were, here in Winnipeg next season. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, Great stuff. Thanks, Carson. And good luck on the weekend. There's ice defenseman Carson Lambos. You know, I was just looking at Craig Button's mock draft, uh, and, you know, this is a, a tough... T- and, you know, listen, you, you often will have, you know, guys... I, I'm a big fan of Lambos. He, he has been... I mean, he's a hell of a hockey player. And, I mean, a guy that, you know, going into this season, you know, many people thought might be, you know, a top 10 pick, one of the top defensemen picked. And, you know, with the, with the health issues that he had coming back from Finland, getting only two games in, and I think he's kind of more in the middle of the road uh, but I believe it was Craig Button's um, draft mock-up that had the St. Louis Blues picking Lambos one pick before the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, he's got Lambos going at 17 to St. Louis, and uh, and then the Jets are there at 18. So um, yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough tough spot right now. I mean, it's and, and listen, I think this draft more than any is almost impossible to predict. Um, you know, kind of most people expect Owen Power to be the top player picked. We've heard Matty Bernier's, um, you know, likely if available to be at to Seattle. Uh, but I mean, that group of Genther, McTavish, Edmondson, Eklund, Luke Hughes, Brant Clark, Kent Johnson. You know, we've seen mocks of those players going all over the place. And I think the consensus is that we'll see um, Lambos at some point, probably in the mid-teens to early 20s. Uh, I guess the big question for Winnipeg Jet fans, and especially the Jet Brass, if I mean they've had they would have had more opportunity to see Carson Lambos than probably anybody. Um, you know, if he's available at the Jets pick, does he get selected? Um, be interesting to see uh, how that goes from here. Um, all right, thanks to Carson. You know, we'll have to get him back on the program afterwards. Real uh, nice, outspoken uh, young man, well-spoken young man, and uh, wish him. And uh, certainly all the local products, all the best when they get into uh, finally hearing their names called for the NHL draft after um, certainly probably the most um, painstakingly difficult lead up to a draft in NHL history. Going uh, to give a shout out to our friend Trevor Knott over at Knott Auto Corp. Now, in addition to the, um, you know, the great stuff that they do, Trevor is as as big of a promoter of Winnipeg as there is, and I just have to note this. He sent out a tweet today. Uh, the Time Magazine World's 100 Greatest Places of 2021. You know it. The peg on the list right now. I retweeted it. It's a really neat thing. They talk about uh, you know some of the Inuit art installations and some of the things we have culturally. doesn't even get to the excitement we have. And Trev said my favorite thing about, uh, about the... Um, about Winnipeg, I'll go with three, Kind People Lakes and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And that got me thinking about 
the response for bomber tickets yesterday when things went up. But if you're thinking about a vehicle, um, a great family-owned Winnipeg business for a long time here in this city, why not get in and uh, talk to the gang over at Not Autocorp, but Waverly and McGilvery about getting into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team. Incredible selection there, including... Uh, a number of Teslas. They've been Tesla leader in the city for a long time. Um, and if you're in a lease right now or another vehicle, they'll help you get maximum value for it through their very successful consignment program. So you can talk to them all about that over at Not Auto Corp. And you can find out more on all their services as well, including detailing and service online at not.ca. And uh, as I mentioned coming on, we had the, uh, there were plenty of these out at Aikens Lake in the boat and on the water. And that, of course, is the uh, the one and only 1919. And uh, I, listen, this koozie got some great use as well. Because I said, if you've got a 12-ounce can, you just roll it down, and boom, there you go. Think about that. Also available at the Little Brown Jug store. Um, you know, ordering uh, the great taste of Little Brown Jug's never been easier. Free home delivery in the city of Winnipeg every day. If you order it by 4 and get it that evening, and uh, it's all there at littlebrownjug.ca. And check out their merch as well while they're there. Um, you're going to want to get some of that 1919. And the uh, Summer Variety Pack, incredibly popular right there. The uh, Summer Lager, my personal favorite. People loving the Hefeweizen as well. Um, it's all there. It Definitely, if you're making an order for home delivery, check out that uh, that Summer Variety Pack. And even better yet, why don't you go down and try it for yourself at the tap room right now. Open again. All their hours available at littlebrownjug.ca over on William Avenue. You can pop in, have some pizza, and a few delicious cold Little Brown Jugs on the patio. Now that we're back open, big thanks to Little Brown Jug. For more information on everything they're going, as well as their community events, get online at littlebrownjug.ca. And uh, for Breezy Bend, I missed yesterday's show. I didn't get a chance to talk about Colin Morcow's incredible victory in the Open Championship and unfortunately, I didn't really get to see a whole lot of it. I was really sort of getting off the water every day because of the timing and getting updates on what's happened. But what an incredible career Colin Morikawa has. And speaking of a young man that has burst onto the scene with some big victories, got to give a huge shout-out to Bracken Kuntz of Breezy Bend, who is now the Manitoba Amateur Champion as well. His second big win this year. Um, and I know everyone at Breezy, very, very proud. What a performance. couple of Breezy guys right at the top. Ryan Shouldice as well. Um, so, um, man, they keep on cranking out incredible junior players out of that club. If you're thinking about a great fam- uh, home golfing home for your family next year, breezybend.ca or give them a call and talk to Corey Johnson about getting that set up for next year. All right. So much to get to. Thanks to Carson Lambos for joining us. It's now time to get back to Jets, expansion talk, and much more. And look who's back with a fresh cut. Jim Tolt in the house with a little bit of helmet reduction. You look, dare I say, uh, wonderful. Nice tight on the sides. Oh. The uh, the wing, the wings, Jim, got a they got clipped. Yeah, the uh I needed to lose a little bit of weight there, Huss. So I uh dropped about three pounds on each side of the flow and got it thinned out a bit. My man Eric and modern man took care of me and it was uh i gotta be honest nice to get back to the experience of sitting back in a chair i am waiting maybe go get a clean shave we should do that one weekend we should all go get clean shaves together 
<laughs> see what happens. See what happens on the streets. Let the streets decide. How are you, man? How well, was fishing? I'm, I'm doing great. Oh man, fishing was great. Um, you know, it's um it's a special place out there. Just great people. Yeah. And um, and you know what? Even with the I mean, because it was hotter than hell. I mean, it was the first couple days, it was 33, 34, and that often will really sort of impact the fishing. That uh, wasn't the case. And we didn't get the monster master anglers, but man, we were killing them. And, you know, we'd sort of go in the morning, do shore lunch, and then go in the evening again um, and just split the day up, spend some time in the water in the midday. It was uh, it was much needed, I will tell you that. And, um, you know, obviously went out with the great crew and the great people there for making. I, I would was think eventually a, a guy like Mo is just going to stay there and he'll live in the bush and you'll never see him again. But that's Listen. that's another show. Dude, he bought a guide shirt once he was done so he could look like all the guides. And said to Pitt, he goes, you need me out of the bullpen. You'll give me a call. He'd be back up there ready to go. What I remember about Gabe, he would go to Stampede and come back a cowboy, like a bull rider. (laughs) So I'm not surprised that he got a guide shirt and he's ready to guide now. Um, And, of course, it gave us a lot of time to uh, kick around uh, thoughts about the Winnipeg Jets, the expansion draft. Such an interesting couple weeks when it comes to how this league is going to look next week, Jim. Um, and, you know, we spoke about it on the weekend. I made the case and really been making the case kind of, you know, since March that I think Logan Stanley was playing himself into a position to be protected, which wasn't even a conversation at the beginning of the season. Um, I know Rewicki and, and, and Remo kicked around sort of the, the DeMello side of things. It was very interesting. I think we had about 72% people in the chat here um, would prefer to pick Stanley. And, and that's the way the Winnipeg Jets went. Were you surprised that um, Stanley was on the protected list at the expense of potentially losing Dylan DeMello? Or where did you come around on all that, Jim? No, I it didn't surprise me. I mean, I, I know when you first started talking about this on your show and, and keeping Stanley, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll wait for a couple more games. He only played 37 this year. But as it wore on, and we have to keep in mind, and Ron Francis in Seattle has already said this, what I've learned more than anything is cap room is gold right now especially in a, in a cap that's not moving up it always has been um and i think that's what speaks to some of the guys that weren't protected it was all big ticket guys and guys at teams like van reens like in the flyers tarasenko wants out anyway but price all these things weighed into you know it, we need the cap space more than we need potential all-star players right now if we have a few others so I, I was slow. I wanted to see Logan Stanley play a little bit more, but as it wore on and once it got into the playoffs, I was with you. Look, right now, is Dylan DeMello a better all-round defenseman than Logan Stanley? Yes, he is. When you look at the cap, and I know it's only $3 million, and I think that's a really good price for Dylan DeMello, but I also think that's about what he's worth. Logan Stanley has done exactly what the Jets have said he would do. They said three to four years. He had a major knee surgery within that time span, and he's become an NHL player. Now, nobody's debating that he's a third-line player right now. What everybody's debating is what he's going to be. And what stood out to me when it finally happened, it was not a surprise to me at all, Huss, but what it said to me was, if we protect DeMello, they're taking Stanley. It's just no question about it. And and I think what it speaks to is, and Shevel Dayoff would know this, not just what Seattle and Ron Francis and his team out there thinks of Logan Stanley, but what the rest of the league thinks about him. I mean, these are guys that we have to keep in mind that when these GMs are in the same building and their teams are playing against each other and you've been in the press box and you see GMs chatting it up in the intermissions and before games, this is the stuff they talk about. This is the stuff that one GM would say to another and go, man, that, that Stanley looks good. Like you guys waited a long time. Those are the conversations they have. 
And it's much the same as why I defend Brian Little for so long is because being in a press box, I hear what scouts for years have said and and, with, and and GMs have said, assistant GMs, and you talk to them and you just ask them, what do you think of Brian Little? And they go, man, I don't know why Brian Little gets this rap in this city. Like, I would love a Brian Little at $5 million on my team. So it doesn't matter what we think. It's that perception out there. So when they did protect Stanley over DeMello, he's five years younger right now. His next contract is going to be next to nothing with 37 games on the resume. Um, it's not going to be three million per. Eventually, he could be, but that's just the situation. It is. I know the window is the next two years, this year and next year for the Winnipeg Jets. I know they want to win now, and fans do. And I know how that defense needs some help. But nobody knows what Logan Stanley is going to be. All the debate going around Demello and Stanley. Nobody can sit here and go in two to three years from now. Logan Stanley is going to be a third pairing guy. You don't know that based on 37 games. You know what Dylan DeMello is, and it's very good. I like it. But to me, what happened here is I think the Jets and Kevin Chevaldeoff thought Logan Stanley will be picked if we don't protect him. There is a chance that Dylan DeMello might not be, and we're going this route. And then you add in the other factors, youth, next contract, cap room, and what he could develop into. And I, I just think that, you know, and I know it's hard to get players to come to Winnipeg, but I think you can trade for or find a Dylan DeMello. People forget Dylan DeMello resigned here, and I get that. But he was acquired for a third-round pick, and he was tra- traded twice in three years. That's not a knock on DeMello. It's not a knock on how what a good defenseman he is. It just means they're more accessible than potential of what Logan Stanley might be. Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it. And I'll say this. Um, there's a lot of the people that have been banging the drum for DeMello. And I respect the opinions. Don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of this was, you know, a- about what the Jets had invested in this player. I think what they've seen from him in this year and what they think that potential could be. And they don't want to, they don't want to sell on that. I will say this though. Some of the loudest critics of this choice were also the same people who had called Logan Stanley a bust, said it was the worst first round pick the Jets have ever made. And to be honest, there's been some there's some serious freezing cold takes material if you go through the timelines of a lot of people that have been bashing this decision. Well, um, I, I put out on, on Sunday and I got like a ton of response that I said most of the people screaming about Logan Stanley's third pairing stats are the same ones who screamed about Neil Pionk when he was traded here. His analytics were horrible. He wasn't going to be very good. Of all the players that they could have got from the Rangers, this guy was better, that guy was better. And we forget that the Jets handpicked Pionk when it had to be the Rangers. The Rangers had other defensemen in there, and they said, no, if this is going to happen, we need Pionk, and they did it. And look at how Neil Pionk has. And and Neil Pionk had 64 more games in the NHL than Logan Stanley did when he came to Winnipeg. I think Neil Pionk turned out pretty good. I think also that fans are looking at this defense and know how much it needs fixing and how Dylan DeMello makes everybody he plays with better. Like they look at Josh Morrissey and go like he could play, make him better. Whoever he's paired with, he can help make better. That's true. But again, look at how Dylan DeMello came to town. Look at how those guys at $3 million are traded for and acquired. And you could potentially bring even somebody bigger. I think there's a plan here. There always is. And the immediate plan of who we protect isn't what the plan is for October. So, and I'm with you, I get it, but there's been some cold takes there too. And, and for everybody who sends me on Twitter, a pie chart of, of DeMello's stuff and what Logan Stanley's done, the same thing was done for Neil Pionk when he came to this town. And I raised an eyebrow. I'm like, man, this kid was playing first line pairing in New York and I, and it, it didn't look good analytically, but look at what Neil Pionk's de- developed into. And then I go harken back to the final thing about Stanley again, 
people harp that it's been four years of development and that he's 23 years old. I get that. But isn't that exactly what the Jets said it would be? Four oh, years, uh, listen, way, you know, blah, blah. I, so, so who would know better than the Jets? They literally told you when this guy was going to make the NHL. And then he literally made it when they predicted him to make it. I think the Jets know a thing or two about who they have and what yeah. they think the potential is. Listen, Hillier told us on the draft floor the day he was drafted. And yeah, I remember we listening. called the shot. Two years in junior, two years in the American Hockey League. Then we'll see what we have. And, uh, you know, they saw that this year. Taylor Yule Miller, one of the queens of the yes. Winnipeg Sports Talk chat, has thrown in a, a, a super chat. Thank you very much, Tay. Uh, Logan Stanley is the best jet. Thanks. Taylor has been the the uh, the president of the Logan Stanley fan club since <laughs> way back when. So I know she's pumped. But there's some other interesting comments. Uh, David Carpenter. That's me, Huss. For three years, I thought it was a horrible pick. I was wrong. Um, T. Will says Stanley was always going to be in development for four years. That's not a knock on him. D-men take longer to develop. Just facts. And, and again, this defenseman needed much more i mean you know there's first round defensemen and you know this they said this is more of a project um going forward and you know it seems like that project has turned out so listen we know what the decision is now logan stanley's protected it now comes down to i think what most people assume barring a deal jim and and that certainly i think is still very much a possibility that the winnipeg jets figure something out with seattle to potentially keep one of if not both of the top two players that are exposed one is Mason Appleton up front, $900,000 a year coming off a great season where he really established himself as a top nine forward. And Dylan DeMello, who we've talked a lot about, that is a very important part of this Winnipeg Jet blue line. Um, what, do you, what do you think, the, not necessarily who you would want to lose less or anything from a Jet perspective, but when you look at that, look at the players that are available right now, who do you think is more likely to be selected by the Kraken if no deal is made? DeMillo well, on the blue line or Appleton up front? Well, to me, it really plays out to what, you know, and I look at the Carolina team that Ron Francis built and look at how strong he drafted defensemen and, and how, how thick they are in the position. But to me, what it really plays into is who else is available. It's the exact same as Carey Price. If you take Ben Bishop and one of those other goalies off the market, I think Carey Price is going to Seattle. But this is a deep goaltender market. Holtby, Bishop, the guy at Drieger, the Winnipegger from Florida – so I don't know if they take on that ticket. And I look at the same way here. If there were some of the names that weren't on the blue line, and there's about 12 of them that they would pick, and Dylan DeMello's in there, I and say there's only eight or nine of those, I think Dylan DeMello's as good as gone. But I look at the defensemen available. I look at the price of those defensemen. I do think they go Mason Appleton. I think that he's a 200-foot player. I think Ron Francis, Francis likes the price of it. And I think he likes, much like the Jets and the potential of Logan Stanley, I think Ron Francis will love the potential in Mason Appleton. His next contract's not going to be that big. And let's face it, there's a lot of talent available in this, but you have to have some penalty killing. And Mason Appleton can kill penalties and, and is probably pretty close to being a lead at it already, but he will get there. So in my opinion, just because there are a few other uh, Dylan DeMello is available and it wouldn't surprise me who's taken. Like you said, this is just sort of either one, a guy, I think it's pretty obvious to everybody. If it's DeMello, people wouldn't be surprised. And if it's Appleton, people wouldn't be surprised, but I do think it's Mason Appleton just because of the core defense that is available. Um, they also have a draft, which, uh, you know, if you look at the top five, top 10 in predictions, there's defensemen there. So I do think they're going to go Mason Appleton. I think they like the contract price. I think what the next contract will cost them, um, I just think he looks like a Ron Francis player, but 
again, like maybe, hey, what's the plan? Like, do they want to draft 12, 13 D-men and flip three of them? And then that's a great product. Take Dylan DeMello. That, Dylan DeMello would be a great trade chip. Um, but I just think he looks at Appleton. I, I look at the, the forwards available, and um, I think he would fit right in there and could play in the top six or in the top nine, and, and you could pick and choose. Well, and, and you know what? You bring up a great point on the cap. And this is why I don't think Carey Price is getting picked because he's just too darn expensive. And, you know, you know, how does that contract look in year three, year four, year five? Like he is coming off an amazing playoffs. But if you look at the bigger picture, there's regular season numbers, you know, you wonder, although he'd be an incredible face of the franchise right off the bat. But they don't need that. You know, I'm with you on that. But Seattle, when you look at the fever and already the merchandise yeah. and the ticket sales and all that, you know, and, and I heard, I think it was Frank Cervelli or somebody, or maybe it was uh, Matt Larkin from the Hockey News. He talked to a George McPhee and he said, we never drafted Marc-Andre Fleury to be the face of the franchise. We drafted him because we needed him as a goaltender. I, I don't think they need that extra marketing, but it sure does help if it was Carey Price. But I'm with you. Sorry to cut you off. But a lot of people have told me about the marketing aspect and I'm with them. I know we played in Tri-City and all that. But they don't need to sell tickets in Seattle for probably the next no, five years. Ron Francis is not making a pick based on what the marketing department is telling him. I'll <laughs> tell you that. I mean, he's going to do it that gives him the best chance. But the reason I bring that up, um, and this goes back to even a simple decision like Appleton versus DeMello, they're going to have to get to the cap floor, and they'll be able to do that. There's some players out there with tickets that maybe could end up being traded again. But Tarasenko is a perfect example. Every million dollars they don't spend that they have available to them, and this is why I think they'll come in right around that cap floor, gives them cap space to deal with. And honestly, Jim, when you think about some of the situations that NHL teams are in right now, starting with the Stanley Cup champs, there are teams that have no other choice but to rid players or rid salary. And for Francis's perspective, to have all that cap room, when you're building for the future or getting other assets or players, that to me might be the most valuable thing that he has coming out of the expansion draft for future deals as we get towards free agency and teams need to revamp their rosters and make things work on a flat cap when you know many teams already exposed over the number without a number without enough contracts signed for next year. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And he's already mentioned that. And I don't think necessarily this year even. I think like they could fight for the playoffs with, with the players that are available. And then next year and the year after, they could sit there and go, you know what, I'll and, – and I'm, I don't think Blake Wheel is going anywhere. But I'll use that as an example. You want to eat $3 million of that eight? I'll take him at 35 and and pay him five to play on our team because now I know what we got and I've created this cap space. Like, let's be honest. I, I think the other thing that's not being talked about enough is that Vegas doesn't have to give up a player. The yeah. NHL, for the way they screwed up, expansions in the past with the Tampa Bays and the Nashvilles and how it took them so long to get competitive San Jose and all that. They've done the opposite here and screwed this up. They are making legitimate playoff teams an expansion. And then they're also benefiting them three, four years, five years down the road. So, um, I mean, it, it's a lot of people might say like taking on this on in Seattle is that Ron Francis could pick and choose where he wanted to be a GM it is a great thing, as we've seen in Vegas, and it's a great thing now in Seattle to be a GM in the, in, in the expansion era. But I'm with you. Like, I, I, I think they build a team, and I think they hit the ice, and then I think this cap space comes into play next season, the year after that, where they go, 
you know what? I'd love that player, but not at eight million or seven and a half, but I'll take him at four if you want to eat that three and, and let's do it that way. So I think a lot of that's going to go on. And, and to be honest with you, as much as I think the NHL has screwed up overpaying these expansion teams with the gifts they're giving them, I'm fascinated by it and how they work it all out. So I, I'm all here for it. Listen, dude, I, I would not be surprised. Like, I think you will probably see a number in the low 60s when they finish the expansion drafts. And I'll tell you what, come next year or like come puck drop, I wouldn't at all be surprised if we had if the Seattle Kraken might have 15, 16 million in dead cap money um, coming from deals that they've made to take on contracts or bury cap mistakes of other teams to their benefit going down the road, whether with players now or picks in the future. And still be a playoff team like doing that kind of business on the side yeah. and still be in the postseason or whatever. Uh, I got to bring on junior here. Oh yes. Special okay, guest star. My girlfriend Special has a zoom star. meeting, but Look this is young Thomas. <laughs> Hi um, Thomas. So he's uh, he, his mom's got to go have a zoom meeting now, but, and you remember your listeners and viewers won't, but you remember Hunter, he bought this hat the other day. Oh, Hunter, you're the man. That is the, uh, the Chiefs Super Bowl lid. And he saw it on your lid on one of your shows, and he's like, I got to have that. And I said, well, you got to find a new place to live, too, because this is a Bears house. But he got it anyway. So He's a smart young man, Hunter. We're, uh, I'll look smart forward young to having man, I'll ha- we'll, we'll talk Mahomes at some point this season <laughs> as we get ready, for, uh, get ready for the season. Well, this is great. If anyone was doubting whether the child was yours. I'm just looking at this uncanny resemblance, not to mention the incredible head of hair. (laughs) Folks, if you're listening on the podcast, this is going to be a nice tease to go in and check out the YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed because uh, Jim's little guy, how old is he now? Is he a year yet? He was 10 months on the 16th. So he's going to be a year in September. Well, that is, uh, that is phenomenal. This is, uh, this is great. I mean, I haven't been able to pop over and see it because of the damn pandemic. So it's great to finally read and everyone else here. I was going to say, we uh, killed some uh, GP. Our friend and I killed some little brown jugs on the patio by the hot tub, the Aquatech hot tub, by the way, which has just been drained and refilled waiting for your arrival, Huss. And uh, so it was good to see him and we'll have to get him over too, because I know that you've been interested to see Thomas. So there he is for the world to see. I'm usually way more private than this. So, but here's my child. Well, there you go. I mean, it's only the internet, Jim. You know, yeah, it's, it's only uh, the internet. What could go wrong? <laughs> all, all good. Uh-oh. All good. Well, listen, pal, um, it, we're going to talk bombers going forward and all that. It seems like you've got a lot on your hands, but this is a great way to sort of finish uh, finish everything off. Let me just quickly ask you, um, and we're going to get into this with bombing coming up, but um, man, what an incredible response from bomber fans yesterday with tickets going yeah. on sale. I mean, we knew that this was a long time coming and it would be special when fans could get back. But the fact that this could be a full house, 100 percent of double vaccinated fans is going to be to me. This is going to be the event that sort of hopefully symbolizes the uh, coming out of the pandemic and getting back together. And uh, what a night that's going to be for the Bombers and and the Canadian Football League. I wasn't surprised at all by the response. And let's not forget, there's going to be a banner unveiling and a Grey Cup championship to celebrate. And that's what we talked about for years, even on the big show with Troy and Ruwicki, is when this pandemic hit is like whenever the Bombers do hit the field again, you just hope there's some fans there to see that banner go up and celebrate the championship. But I'm not surprised by the response and, uh, you know, we were talking about it. I said we had GP over here, our good friend, and we said, how do you think the Bombers will do this year? And, and do you think it's too many vets and having this much time off? And I'm like, well, you look at the injuries, and there was a big one for the Bombers. But I said, 
I think the opposite in a shortened season, if you can bring back these vets and you can stay, keep the nucleus together, I think it gives you a better shot than trying to break in a bunch of newer guys. So I like what I've read and, and seen from the Bombers so far this year. I think it's going to be a great night on the 5th and a great night of August with that many home games. Everybody knows that you want to go to IG Field and catch the Bombers in the summertime when it's nice and hot out. So I'm excited for the CFL season, and so is Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you the same Thomas, amount of- Thomas the is hoping that uh, Michael Shea drops off one of those celebrating cigars and we can hand them out as well. That's what you well, do when you have a baby. Well, you know, with the size of him, considering the size of you, I have a feeling there's a few uh, high school football coaches that are making a note in 14 years. Uh, check in on that Toth kid going forward. Well, but, by uh, all means, recruit him because uh, I got to I gotta live till I'm 147 and work to pay for this guy. So <laughs> I do got to run, though. Huss, I'm real yeah, sorry. But, yeah, uh, no, listen, man, this was awesome. Say shout out to Hunter. Best dressed uh, cameo we've had yet on this program. And uh, great to see the little guy. We'll uh, do this again very soon, pal. Uh, all the best. I can see you've got your hands full. Have a great rest of the afternoon. Thanks, pal. All the best to you and your <laughs> listeners and watchers and enjoy the expansion draft tomorrow. <laughs> right on. There is the man himself, Big Daddy, Jim Toth. What a cute little guy. We got to see the uh, the debut of the double T on the program. And Hunter with his Chiefs hat. I let's get Remus in here. I you know what, Remus, sometimes we joke and we have had some people that have said, Hey, where did you get that hat or whatever? But you know, to have for me to be influencing the youth of our community to pick up a Super Bowl champion Chiefs hat was um that that's one of that's my one of my personal Winnipeg sports talk highlights so far to this point, I'll be honest. Yes. Uh, wow. I didn't know that you had the influence uh, on our youth. Uh, congratulations. Well, you know what it's like being a YouTuber now, Reem? We have talked about this. I mean, if you ask kids in, t- oh. in 2021, what the number, what do you want to be when you grow up? What is your goal in life? Mm-hmm. Number one on that list is to be a YouTuber. So, I mean, I think we were being sold short in the world of AM radio. And uh, and now we're just bringing the message to uh you know, the, the important, the next generation of sports fans here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. You tell people you're on the radio that now, they say, what the hell is that? You tell uh, kids <laughs> you're on YouTube and have a podcast, uh, their ears perk up, they get excited. So, yes, uh, blazing uh, the way here. And great to see so many people in chat. I know a lot of people went on holidays for Canada Day, but a big week for hockey news, expansion draft, free agency, the NHL draft as well. So, uh, we're all uh, we're all fired up, and yeah, we are. Roger Quinnell in chat says we're approaching 5K subs, so uh, hit that sub button. We're less than less than 30, man. The countdown is on. Maybe we can hit it, uh, hit it this week, and uh, fire off the confetti. Well, we will be firing off confetti, and we'll be firing off some prizes from some of our sponsors as well. So uh, yes, if you haven't already, and you're with us on YouTube, or you're listening on the podcast and haven't checked out the YouTube. Do us a favor, get there, type in Winnipeg Sports Talk. You'll see it right there. Hit that red subscribe button. Let us get to that next milestone of 5,000 subs, and uh, we'll do uh, some great contests and prizing from some of our great sponsors on that. And while you're with us on YouTube, hit that uh, thumbs up button. It certainly helps us spread the channel as well. Um, and it's just very simple. If you're watching on your phone or on a mobile device, you just have to close the chat, hit that, and you can get that right back in. I will say, Reem, 
the uh, the surprise appearance by young Thomas Toth really got people going. Um, and that is one of the great things that you'd never be able to see just listening to the audio side of it. But uh, <laughs> it was a nice little cameo by the little guy. He most certainly does have Jim's lid. Uh, that is incredible hair for a human being under the age of one. Yeah, great hair. You've kid, got one too, actually. We may have to have a, a hair off between Evan and Thomas as they get yeah. older. My kid also has a nice head of hair. Uh, he's turning two uh, in a couple weeks, so uh, I don't think I could have him on camera. He would not sit still, so I was pretty I was pretty impressed. We did have a great question, though, from Shark Mifley in chat. Uh, great name. He said, what is uh, Jim in a screened-in porch, veranda, gazebo? I was like, sunroom? Pergola? What is? What do you call that thing? We almost we may have to get some clar- clarification from Jim on what they call that in the t- the Toth household. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, listen, that was uh, some great stuff. Hey, uh, uh, listen, I, I mentioned this earlier, but um, man, we had such an incredible weekend over at uh, Aikens Lake. Um, if you haven't, and things are going to get busy. I mean, you know, just hearing the joy in their um, voices when we heard that the border is opening up on August 9th. I mean, for anybody that's involved in a tourism type business with many customers from the United States, uh, that has been a godsend. Uh, so they're going to be quite busy for the next couple uh, couple months. Um, but listen, if you are thinking about, uh, you know, just a world-class fishing experience right here in Manitoba, uh, maybe thinking about making a booking for next year, if you'd like, uh, find out more at AikensLake.com, or you can hit up our good friend Pitt Turan on Twitter, at AikensLake on uh, on Twitter. And of course, Cinnaboya Downs live racing continues. A couple things um, from this that I should mention, uh, you know, with the uh, with the details of the um, of everything getting released, uh, the um, uh, excuse me, the the health code changes. Uh, we're going to be able to get some fans in there now. Reservations are still allowed. You can be up on the second floor grandstand, and the VLTs are now open again from nine a.m. until twelve fifteen every day. Uh, we'll look forward to. Getting Darren done on uh, hopefully closer to the Manitoba Derby to see uh, what that might means going forward. And we'll be in touch to see if we can get uh, a bit of a Winnipeg sports talk night with a bunch of kids, a bunch of the gang getting together out at the track. In the meantime, though, you can bet with us every night at HPIBet.com and uh, we'll get to our selections for tonight's races before the end of the program. Um, we'll also get to some cool bet lines. We do have NBA Finals Game 6 tonight. We'll see whether the Bucks can do the reverse sweep, lose the first two, and then rattle off four in a row. Giannis, uh, I, listen, I'm such a big fan of Antetokounmpo, um, and he has been incredible after it looked like injury might cost him and his team an opportunity to win the championship. So we'll get to the lines on that a little bit later on. Uh, but just coming up in you know probably five minutes or so, Reem, we are going to discuss uh, the latest with the Blue Bombers. And, um, you know, the Bombers also um, feeling the heat today from the smoke. Um, they haven't done anything yet today, unfortunately. They've had to cr- cancel practice. Um, you know, just talking to Darren Cameron, they can run walkthroughs inside, but that's pretty much the extent of it. And unfortunately for the Blue and Gold, likely the same for tomorrow because of the smoke conditions we've got here. I mean, we had a tough time getting a plane out of Aikens yesterday. But this smoke situation with the forest fires running throughout this area really um, being problematic for people with breathing conditions, but also for a professional football team trying to get ready for a massive Great Cup rematch on the 5th of August. 
Yeah, I've been making the joke, you know, because of the heat. Has uh, Winnipeg, you can't go outside in the winter. You can't go outside in the summer, and it's even more <laughs> true now uh, with this smoke. Uh, you know, we heard about forest fires in California and BC, but here in Manitoba, we have our own now. And uh, I know my slow pitch league has decided to cancel the game tonight. You know, if you're you can't gather indoors, and now I mean outdoors with this smoke, you need masks for the pandemic. And, uh, to, you know, to breathe clean air. <laughs> yeah, I it's, thought we were done with these damn masks. Yeah, I thought it, uh, yeah. So, uh, if anyone, you know, I had to keep mine to wear it outside. I got a sick uh, filter on that thing. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of world uh, we're living in now, but hopefully, you know, this calmed down soon. It was nice to get some rain this morning, and I did see the forecast has uh, some rain, I think, tomorrow. That was, yeah, it says there's a strong chance of rain tomorrow, and, you know, this afternoon we might get some more rain. So I think that's definitely good. A lot of people uh, need this need this uh, oh, rain coming up. No doubt about it. Hey, I got to say a special hello to somebody on chat. My old pal, Kevin Matchett, Winnipeg guy, former Moose employee. He's been out in southern Ontario for a long time working with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, just made a crack at one of our old buddies, PT, now that VLTs are open. Uh, but Match, great to have you joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk and of course, we got a big football game on August 5th between the Ticats and the Blue Bombers to kick off the CFL season. Um, as I mentioned, Darren Bombing is going to join us coming up in just a few minutes. The other thing, Remus, coming out of this that DC had mentioned to me in the text that thousands of tickets sold yesterday and going really strong again today. I pulled up the Ticketmaster uh, the Ticketmaster map yesterday night when I got back of tickets. Shout out to our friend Andrea who got the whole crew set up right when they went on sale yesterday. Um, but I'll tell you what, if the early indications are from ticket sales yesterday and today, we're going to have a sold out building. Uh, I, we're damn close to it. Um, for the 5th of August, and uh, I can't think of any better way for the Bombers, for the Canadian Football League, and frankly, just people here in our community that love the Bombers and have been wanting to get back out on the stadium, uh, to the stadium as fans since the Grey Cup win. Uh, what a special night that's going to be here in Winnipeg for uh, for all parties involved. Yeah, look at a lot of the good seats taken up, some seats available in the corners. I just, look at us, I can pull it up right here. How uh, How awesome is this? So... Uh, you can still, there's still some seats left, but uh, I would say they're going going quick and pretty affordable, Huss. Uh, what is that, 32 bucks for a seat for the home opener? Uh, it's pretty Get in uh, there, folks. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, uh, I'll, yeah, we'll have to count down and and see. It's going to be a great, a great, uh, you know, start to the bomber season. And, you know, we'll be talking about it more as we go forward. And we'll have to make our uh, CFL fantasy selections each week as well. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, man, I am absolutely looking forward to that. Um, here's a little bit more from um, the guys at Three Down Nation who uh, have been doing a great job. Justin Dunk with a report that the CFLPA issued an ultimatum to the league on Monday night to follow the protocol related to poor air quality or athletes won't show up. Now, this certainly is important here in Manitoba, uh, but BC, Alberta has certainly had some issues when it comes to uh, air quality. And here's an interesting note from Dunk. Since the CFL let Kevin McDonald go, he was the league's VP of football operations and player safety. There's been no individual replacement tasked solely with the player's health and safety. And that's made it difficult for the union to trust that the league's always had the player's health in mind, especially after what happened with the Achilles injuries at the beginning of the, um, uh, of the riders camp. 
Um, so anyways, the bomber's not on the field today, likely won't be tomorrow. We'll see what that does. But I guess if there's one team that continue to the bombers, they may be set up best to, um, you know, to, to, to get through that going forward. Anyways, I know one guy that can fill us in on all of that. And that of course is our good friend, Darren bombing. You can find him now covering the blue bomber. It's always on his Twitter feed at Darren bombing, uh, but also at his new venture bonfire sports. CFL 360 coming up with Jeff Hamilton and, of course, incredible coverage throughout training camp. And um, we'll get Bombing to uh, jump on with us right now for a little more on the Bombers. I've been away for a few days. We need updates on what's going on. DB, how are you? Oh, wow. That's an incredible background you've got. We love the other set. You got a new studio today for Bonfire Sports or what? Yeah, I'm mixing things up a little bit. I uh, got to keep the visual uh, appeal there for people to uh, keep tuning in. But, uh, you know, Living the 2021 life, hustler, sweatpants and collared dress shirts. Uh, it's the combo of uh, the decade right now, at least the beginning of it. But uh, yeah, looking forward to talking with you. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to call you later and then get the, the 411 on your trip to Aikens. Mm. Absolutely. Lots of good times, some little brown jugs, a few other beers, and uh, lots of fish. Um, but again, you know, through that, a lot going on this weekend. Um, you know, we got the Jets expansion dra- uh, draft list in the weekend, which we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, but we've also got a championship football team looking to get back on the field. Hey, listen, before we get to everything that's happened on the field, one, well, frankly, what's not happening today. I know you're quite tuned in with the uh, the Bomber office. A lot of excited people around there about the response of fans to the ability to get back into the field. I think there was some, even with the double-vaxxed, um, you know, rules or whatever, there was a lot of people that were wondering how many fans would really be feeling comfortable, get ready to go through it. And this is a conversation we had a year ago. I don't know whether it's pandemic fatigue or what, but I'm not hearing a lot of um, hesitancy amongst my crew. Um, everyone wants to be there for August 5th. And uh, Bomber fans responded big time yesterday and today so far with their uh, ticket purchases. And man, that's great news for the Bombers and the CFL. And you'll hope that that will be replicated in some of these other markets. Well, like I said on social media a couple of weeks ago when the province and, and the city and everybody, uh, you know, made it public that. We can see a capacity crowd, 33,000 plus at IG Field for that Grey Cup rematch as the CFL season gets going August 5th here in Winnipeg, that this to me is the event, maybe even the Canadian sporting event of the year. You know, we had partial crowds in in other NHL cities and that sort of thing in Montreal uh, through the playoff run, but... This is a Grey Cup rematch. This is game one of the season. This is Thursday night football on TSN and 33,000 plus possible to be in the building. Um, It's going to be a celebration of the football team. I think it's also a celebration of finally getting back to a semblance of normality and doing something that I know everyone watching here loves to do. And that's watch sports live in person thousands of fans, the smells, the sights, uh, the sound, and that energy you feel in your chest when you're in that crowd. So if you're comfortable and you're double vaxxed, I see no reason why you wouldn't want to be there. If there's one game to go to this season prior to November playoff run, I think it's August 5th in Winnipeg. Dude, I'm 100% with you. And I'm also quite interested. And this is something, and maybe I'm just hoping that this will happen. Because I think there's enough Bomber fans out there that want to be there that already were fans that were fired up about the Great Cup and everything that we went went through. 
but I'm really hoping there's lots of new faces in that building. I'm hoping there's people that, you know, yeah, I'm double vaxxed. I haven't done a damn thing in two years. Let's get out to the game. And, and, you know, hopefully that creates more people because that's one thing the Canadian football league needs to do. Um, and it's not easy. I mean, first of all, you got to gain the trust that people are safe and they'll come out to the events. But if you can maybe introduce a few more people with the excitement about the return of the three down game, you know, I, I think that I can be something that'll be really beneficial. I think it'll happen here in Winnipeg. But again, Darren, when you're talking about people around the league, they're not worried about Winnipeg. They're not worried about the opening week crowds in Saskatchewan or frankly, even Alberta. It's right. some of these other markets and, you know, big picture for the league. What happens this year? Any sort of a bounce back in Toronto, Montreal, BC would be uh, is really what this Canadian Football League needs going forward. I took a note you mentioned here on Winnipeg Sports Talk a number of weeks ago, and I thought it was a great perspective that you shared, Hustler, that this could be a renaissance time for the Canadian Football League. You know, I took that idea and I ran with it and I mentioned it on a variety of media outlets that I was visiting prior to training camp. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And, you know, I, I've covered the Blue Bombers and the CFL for a decade now. So when you're at a house party or meeting people for the first time, what do you do? I cover the Bombers and the Jets. Oh, what's that like? They're curious. My question for them immediately is, how interested are you in the Blue Bombers? Do you go to games? What, what's your interest level? And I think for a lot of people I've spoken with, they love football. They enjoy watching the games. They like going but maybe they haven't in a number of years or maybe those first couple years where the traffic was an issue getting in and out of IG field, by the way, no longer, it's much better than it has been. Uh, quick caveat, get there early on August 5th because uh, it's going to take some time to get everybody in and out of the building. But I think a lot of people have been hesitant to go to CFL games in years past. Now it's almost like, Hey, we haven't had this opportunity in nearly two years. And you have a great cup champion to cheer on. So the Blue Bombers are going to be an entertaining product. The Hamilton Tiger Cats are in town. Like there's your Vegas favorites to win the great cup this year. Um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, this is an opportunity to maybe get reacclimated with the football club, jump on the bandwagon a little bit. You know, some Fairweather fans, it's a reality. They're out there. Others are diehard and they'll go through the good times and the bad. Some others just want to see a winner. Well, there's a winner on the field now. And I think it's really just going to increase interest, let alone the single game betting and all of that. What is this Canadian football? Let's throw some money down. I think that's a possibility, uh, a distinct possibility as well. So uh, certainly what we'll hope on uh, Darren bombings with us from bonfire sports TV with us here on Winnipeg sports talk, talking CFL and bomber training camp. Let's get to a couple of the big stories of the last couple of days since we've spoke last um, mercy Mastin. I mean, these Achilles injuries, I mean, listen, it wasn't four in 10 minutes like what happened to Saskatchewan, but, um, you know, every year it seems like there's one or two significant injuries, and unfortunately for the Bombers, they got one. Um, talk to us about the injury and what this does. Um, he leaves some pretty big shoes to fill considering the way he played in that run in 2019. Yeah, it's peculiar with these Achilles injuries. Obviously, those four Rough Riders in a 10-minute span doing like an off-field drill prior to training camp. And here's Mercy Maston. And for those unfamiliar with Mercy Maston, Mike O'Shea stated clearly yesterday that Mercy was one of those critical pieces of that Blue Bombers run on defense to the 107th Grey Cup Championship. Uh, versatile piece, plays with a real physical edge and kind of suited for that strong side linebacker or dime back spot unlike any other. 
Now, yesterday following practice, we, we knew Mercy was out and that the team had traded for Alden Darby, a three-year vet from the Toronto Argonauts, to, to maybe shore things up uh, with some experience at defensive back here in Winnipeg. Uh, that The two players that we were talking with both had close connections to Mercy Maston. First, we spoke to Rashid Bailey, the receiver, um, and, and you know he stated how Mercy got hurt late in practice guarding him on a drill and you know it's tough to see a guy go down like that you have this long layoff for these cfl players mercy had a you know an opportunity to to try out in the nfl nothing really happened for him but he's been waiting to play football for a long time you bust your butt you get into shape and then nine days into camp your season is done that that has to be a huge hit then we spoke with nick taylor very close friends with Mercy Maston. They played together in Edmonton prior to coming to Winnipeg, and they spent a lot of the offseason together as well. You started started to see the emotion in Mercy Maston's teammates of how hard a hit this is. That's the personal side. Then you look at the football side. Winnipeg has a lot of good, talented defensive backs, rookies in training camp. Those guys, you know, they're going to need somebody, one at least, to step up. Where does Alden Darby fit into all of this? I thought it was smart of Kyle Walters to make that trade quickly on Sunday night and announce it Monday morning. Uh, is he a safety? Is he a corner? The you know the positive in all of this hustler is that Richie Hall preaches versatility. So the Blue Bombers are well prepared right now to shuffle the deck. Maybe Brandon Alexander moves around. Maybe they move Nick Taylor. Uh, it could be a variety of different things that they do. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll have to see when they hit the field on Wednesday because of today and all the smoke in the air. No practice, as you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, Willie Jefferson apologized on Twitter for bringing the smoke a little too early for everybody. We'll have to wait about the 5th smoke. of August to see what uh, he's got for us going forward. Darren, the other story around training camp um, and the Bombers, of course, is the massive shoes to fill of Justin Medlock. And we spoke, you know, at the beginning of training camp, and it was very interesting, and I think in some ways telling, that the Bombers brought 100 players to camp and only one kicker. Um, and uh, Mark Leggio, uh, you know, from the sounds of it, has sort of had an up-and-down camp so far, and uh, apparently the uh, Bomber Brass has decided maybe we should have a competition after all and assigned a veteran kicker as well. Fill us in on Legio's camp and the signing of Tyler Kropinia today. Yeah, I have a new piece on this on bonfiresports.ca coming up in just about 45 minutes, but uh, I speak to some of those details about Mark Legio and then who Tyler Kropinia is. It's been interesting through these first 10 days of training camp, Huss, because the Blue Bombers have been clear, you know, even prior to training camp, Mark Leggio is the guy and that the Blue Bombers state, clearly they have confidence in him to be the guy. Well, through nine days of camp, uh, we've seen some good and we've seen some bad. I've seen Mark Leggio hook some kicks. I've seen him miss. He hasn't been short too often. Definitely has the leg strength, both place kicking and punting. Maybe punting is where the Blue Bombers are most comfortable with him here in the early going, at least maybe going into the season. You add in Tyler Carpina, a five-year CFL vet, most recently with Toronto uh, in the 2019 season, cut by Montreal just 48 hours ago, um, you know, joining their training camp, part of the Boris Beattie trade. And Carpina, well, yeah, he punted in college. Who didn't if you're a kicker in U sports, uh, but has not punted much at all in the CFL through five years. So does this mean that the Blue Bombers want to have a kicking duo like seasons past where you have two true specialists? 
or does Tyler Carpino really coming in to push Mark Leggio, maybe flick some sort of mental switch that he needs to do? It's tough when you're a young rookie uh, making that, you know, you have all the physical tools, but it's that those mental challenges that go into turning pro. So again, we're going to see uh, on Wednesday, we're going to see on Wednesday for sure uh, what these guys have. And, uh, and uh, you know, sorry about the phone ringing there. Uh, <laughs> It's been it's been crazy busy day, you know. Uh, the the Legio news, the the Mercy Maston news, uh, trades and signings the Blue Bombers have had. We're finally going to get a chance to to see these new guys on the field in the coming days. That's what I'm. Well, it for. might take a couple days though, of course, because yeah. uh, no practice day. And it was interesting. The three down guys sort of you know inferring that the CFLPA said, uh, yeah, no practice today. You know, based on the air quality. Um, I would suggest that the Bombers, maybe the Tie Cats of all the teams, could probably handle a couple off days more than some of these other teams with so many new players. Yeah. Nevertheless, it is a wrinkle for the Bombers um, as they look. And as I said, texting with Darren Cameron just before we went on, wondering where everything was at, um, you know, they can do some indoor walkthroughs and whatnot, but not much else to do. And um, listen, I mean, I guess if you're Michael Shea and Kyle Walters, you just have to say, well, we'll deal with it going forward. But um uh, well, it's tough for preseason games too, right? Like we saw the Blue Bombers yeah. cut down their roster pretty heavily on Monday evening ahead of that 75-man roster deadline that the CFL has. And one of those guys was quarterback Dalton Sneed. He was signed well over a year ago, nearly a year and a half ago. A player I thought the team was extremely high on. Well, you move on from one quarterback. That gives Drew Brown, Oklahoma State, and the University of Hawaii a little bit more time at reps in practice. Because without a preseason, it's really tough for a lot of these young guys not to just pop off the page, but to show what they have in real live bullets when, when they're flying. Um, as far as Alden Darby joining this team, as well as Tyler Carpina, they're going to need four days of quarantine here in Winnipeg before they're able to join their new Blue Bombers teammates. So that's another delay. But as far as uh, the smoke situation, first and foremost, you hope everybody in southeastern Manitoba and beyond, um, you know, northwestern Ontario as well is safe. And, um, you know, right now, if you got to go for your evening walk, maybe just walk around your house because uh, it's tough to breathe out there. Imagine being an athlete running around the field. Yeah, no doubt about it. Darren Bombing with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, talking Blue Bomber camp. Um, just before we finish up, uh, I've got to ask you, DB, I mean, you mentioned about all the guys that were cut and Dalton Steed was the guy I was going to ask you about, but pretty clear. I mean, he ended up being fourth on the depth chart and that means you're looking for a job. Any other newcomers that bomber fans are not familiar with that, you know, have sort of made a name for themselves or stood out so far that you and the media that have had the opportunity to see these guys play have been talking about. Going to pull my cheat sheet down here, hustler. Get the chart, Uh, get the chart. Uh, you know, I was a little bit surprised to see Otha Peters Jr., uh, a rookie American linebacker. The team was apparently high on. He was part of the cuts. Uh, but uh, defensive back, uh, Dietrich Nichols led the XFL in interceptions in that shortened 2020 season. DeAndre Alford uh, and Christian Angulo, two guys that were getting first team reps. Pretty early in camp, uh, Jeremiah Johnson, another guy, he was filling in for Mercy Maston um, on Monday uh, following that injury to him. Uh, the receivers, like there's a lot of guys. And sometimes, you know, if Zach Kolaris is throwing you the ball, probably an easier one to catch because it's right on the money. He has been impressive through the first week and a half of camp. Blake Jackson, Carlton Agadosi, we heard from him the other day, six foot six, 220 pounds, and definitely has his head on his shoulders too. Uh, really, uh, you know, appreciated his mentality. Cam Meredith, I know you guys have had him here on the program, an NFL pedigree there, uh, and has not practiced for about a week now. 
But again, as Chris Walby says, you can't make the club from the tub. So they're hoping for him to get healthy. I'm seeing Charles Nelson do more now than I've ever seen before. And he's been here in Winnipeg in seasons past. I think he is a bit of an X factor in all of this, because while we focus on the rookies, there's Charles Nelson, whose 2019 season ended really early because of injury and did not play at all the rest of the way. He's really opening some eyes and doing some things at camp. John Trell Rockamore is a linebacker that is blowing the Blue Bombers' socks off, had a huge play picking off Zach Kolaris uh, in skeleton tree passing drills a couple days ago. Uh, really interesting cat, uh, somebody that went to Utah State. So he's been talking to former Utah State alum Chris Randall about the you know things to be focused on when being in the CFL. It's a different game. you got to be able to run. Some of these linebackers are pretty bulked up because they've been trying to make it into the NFL. You come to the CFL, you better be able to go sideline to sideline. Uh, no doubt about it, DB. Hey, um, listen, this has been awesome. We'll look forward to catching up with you again in the coming weeks before the 5th of August. And I guess for you and everyone else covering Blue Bomber Camp, you'll just wait for an alert or an email to let you know what's going on for tomorrow. Because as we mentioned, Bombers um, had to shut it down outside today. And considering the air quality in and around Winnipeg right now, uh, probably likely that that might be the case for at least another day. Yeah, no question. I know the Bombers probably don't care because they play on artificial field turf, but nice to see a little bit of rain. Hopefully we get a little bit more of that as well, and all of this smoke can begin to clear. Amen to that, folks. Uh, uh, fill people in on uh, where they can find all the work you're doing covering the Bomber training camp and CFL right now when, uh, on Bonfire. Bonfiresports.ca is your one stop. Uh, if you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Uh, you know, uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk and uh, Bonfire Sports as well. YouTube.com slash Bonfire Sports. And looking forward to launching CFL 360 uh, in the coming uh, weeks. We're definitely going to get that going prior to week one in the CFL. But got daily reports, nearly daily reports uh, out of training camp right now with uh, all the news and notes you need on the Blue Bombers. Hey, the new background is a hit. Um, uh, Alvin Bale, um, looking at the background and wondering what international spy organization DB is involved with. <laughs> it's a that dark cool. site. What, what is that? Like, it, it, it is really cool. Like, I... <laughs> so, like, these are just cheap little sound dampening panels. You know, you get them on Amazon or, you know, wherever, <laughs> but uh, they look good, you know, so you just kind of stick them up there and. Uh, I hope it just, you know, reduces the echo a little bit, uh, you know, camera quality and microphone quality job number one in this uh, new era of digital media. Huss, you know that. Well, you know what? It, camera quality, video quality and puppies and babies. And we've had three <laughs> of the four today with uh, Jim Toth uh, debuting his little guy on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So nice. if you're listening to the podcast, big day to check out the program on YouTube today. And make sure to give us a sub when you do that. Uh, bombing, thanks for doing this, man. Let's uh, catch up again very soon. We'll pop on maybe sometime next week when you got some time for a little more update. And my God, what is it, two weeks Thursday? We'll be yeah. uh, rolling into IG Field, getting ready to uh, get everything behind us and get back on the football field with the Grey Cup rematch between the Bombers and Ticats. Seems like yesterday we were waiting for July 10th and camp to start. Now, well, hey, season's about to go. Really excited. Good to be on with you, Husby. Well, Hey, thanks, pal. There he is, Darren Bombing, uh, at Darren Bombing with an I uh, on Twitter. And, of course, at Bonfire Sports TV is the Twitter account. You can check the link. But if you're not already following and uh, subscribing to Bombers Bomber content, and, uh, of course, we'll look forward to uh, the debut of CFL 360 with Bombing and, of course, Jeff Hamilton 
And we'll talk to Hammer, I think, later on this week as well. Um, big thanks to Darren for doing that. Hey, before we get to uh, our cool bet lines and get Remus back in here, if you're with us on chat right now, you can see that Streamlabs tweet. Uh, the link is right there for the Winnipeg Sports Talk store. Um, you know, we've got T-shirts and hoodies right now. We will be getting some hats, hopefully in the next few weeks uh, as those get made. But right here, there's the logo T-shirt, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, we appreciate everyone that has, um, you know, purchased something so far. And uh, most importantly, wearing it out. I mean, we've had a lot of people saying people are wondering what it is, what, you know, they hadn't heard about it. So certainly to have so many of our loyal listeners and viewers uh, repping WST out in the community helps um, even more people find out about it. And the quality is great on this. Absolutely love it. So, uh, yeah. And if you're listening right now, you're wondering where you can get it. If you're listening on the podcast, just go to winnipegsportstalk.com. There's a store bit for you. Um, you'll get it done quickly out to you, delivered at home. Shipping's included if you're in Canada. Um, so certainly appreciate that. All right. Let's get Remus back in here. We do have to get some picks for tonight's races at Assiniboia Downs. And we also need to uh, do some cool bet lines. And uh, we'll start off with the uh, with the NBA Finals. But before that, let me ask you, Remus. I'm not sure if you caught the game on Saturday. Uh, I, of course, was not anywhere with television. How about this run, though, that the Bucks are on? And uh, it's all seemingly about Giannis Antetokounmpo and now Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. The other pieces of what they envisioned their big three have stepped up big time. And the Bucs are the fur one win away from winning their first NBA championship since the early 1970s. Yeah, Milwaukee, they're fired up. Us could end the drought. And this is what Giannis uh, wanted to do when he signed there long term. I remember there was speculation, would he sign with the Raptors? He had that, uh, you know, relationship with Masai Ujiri, but he stayed in Milwaukee. Uh, they're partying. They're pretty uh, exciting stuff. And I thought he was hurt. I thought he had a knee injury uh, coming into this. And, you know, they're still counting down when he does his free throws. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter when uh, you can do everything else that he can. So they can end it tonight. Uh would be crazy to see, uh, you know, a championship team in Milwaukee of all places. But uh, good for them. And uh, we'll be tuning in. I think they're still favorite, are they not? They they are. Um, you know, it's just changed actually, literally in the lab. Just brought it up and it was four and a half. And now the spread has moved all the way to six, although plus one twelve. So it's probably in at about minus five, mm. five and a half right now. The money line, if you're just thinking the Bucks will win, minus one seventy-nine to win the championship tonight. The Suns to extend it to a game seven is plus one fifty-four. And if you do think the Suns can come back and win the series. Series price on the Suns is over three to one plus three thirteen for the Suns to win tonight and get a game seven win back in Phoenix if necessary. Bucks right now minus four seventeen to win uh, the uh, to win the championship and obviously heavy chalk on Giannis Antetokounmpo minus four hundred to be the NBA's Finals most valuable player. I guess if you do think that the Suns our sons are going to come back as opposed to going on the uh, three to one on the uh, sons for the series. You might want to hit Devin Booker at plus five seventy five and Chris Paul at plus six fifty to win the MVP, uh, the the finals MVP. Um, inconceivable to think that one of those two guys wouldn't win it if they were able to come back. So all that's there at coolbet.com. One other line, Remo, I wanted to 
uh, point out to you. And we'll have some more time to dive into this next week and, you know, right before CFL kickoff. But if you go down to the most passing yards for the Canadian Football League's regular season, we've talked about this before. Cody Fajardo, a two to one favorite to win. Bolivi Mitchell is plus 265. And you go to Vernon Adams and Trevor Harris and Jamira Mavasoli, you have to go all the way down to Zach Caleros at 13 to 1. And, you know, I kind of talked about this last week, you know, as camp started, thinking that, you know, the Bomber offense is going to look a lot different this year. Um, I mean, Zach Caleros played four games. It was the final game of the regular season with the Darvin Thompson, uh, Darvin Adams, excuse me, touchdown in the back of the end zone. And then three playoff games where often the Bombers focused on running the football. They would bring Strebler in and out. All of that's different this year. And from all accounts at camp, Caleros is looking great. And the Bombers are going to have a much more pass-happy attack this year, which I think is logical considering, you know, the makeup of the roster and most importantly, the guy behind center. So I have to tell you, Reem, I, I got in today at, on Zach Caleros at 13-1. to 1. Um, You know, I, listen, the Bombers, I know, they won the Great Cup as the ninth passing team in the, in the 19 league. That's not happening this year. That was a very unique special football team, and a big part of that was because of the quarterbacks that they had. Matt Nichols earlier on, then Strebler, and, of course, Caleros at the end. But, I mean, if you... If you listen, injuries can happen and can blow all these things up. But if you tell me that Zach Caleros is going to play the full 14 game season for the Bombers, I think that he'll at least be in the conversation for one of the top passing quarterbacks of the league. Although, if the defense is as good as it's been, they might not need to score that many points. And that sometimes can change things as well. But I do think there's value on Caleros at 13 to 1. Well, let's just do some math. There's nine teams in the league. Um, you would think you have a like a one in nine shot of doing it. So if they're giving you thirteen to one odds, sure, do it for fun. I have no idea, you know, how you can project him. You know, he only played a couple games uh, with the Bombers, and we know that they're run heavy. So just from a math perspective, with nine with nine starting quarterbacks getting thirteen to one on anyone, I think is a good deal. So so sure, uh, go for that. You know, I'm a a Mike Riley guy. Uh, he was had a horrible O line. I don't know what they've done to yeah. fix it, but you know I like their receivers. Uh, Trevor Harris. You guys were talking about him before. Vernon Adams. Uh, he's got a, a nice group of receivers too, and, and he can run it in. Bo Levi. I think that's a terrible pick. <clears throat> he uh, he never racks up uh, the yards, and I'm kind of surprised Fajardo's at plus two hundred. So I don't like those those top two. But well, and the other funny thing is you got Masoli there at yes. plus six thirty. We don't even know if Jeremiah Masoli is going to be the quarterback for the Ticats when they show up in the peg on the 5th of August. Is, and I think that it's very reasonable to think that, you know, they'll be, we'll see both of those quarterbacks at some point in Hamilton. So, hey, futures when it comes to this, so much is dependent on playing time, ability to continue to play and not get hurt. But to Remus's point, if you think the Bombers are going to be passing a lot more this year and they'll be a good team, um, Probably some probably some value there at Zach Caleros. You can check out all of the yeah. CFL lines at coolbet.com. And if you haven't played there before and you want to, make sure to plug in promo code WST. You'll get a hundred percent bonus on your first deposit up to two hundred dollars with our friends at coolbet.com. Uh Remo, I'm not sure whether this was a joke or whether you were just getting chirped by our friends at Assiniboia Downs, but um what uh, what happened with the picks last night? 
horrible. I I don't know what happened. I think I I don't think I won. And now now HPI Bed has like redid their site, and I'm have to learn how to use it again. I don't know if you've seen this, Hus, but uh, oh, interesting. No, I was doing I was doing the uh, the picks off of the uh, off of the racing form that they sent. Oh, over so to you me. haven't put those in? But uh, yeah, it was it was bad. It wasn't it wasn't good. So uh, I'm gonna get back on the horse and uh, try to keep going. But my account. Uh, I'm still up. Don't get me wrong. Somehow I'm still up. But uh, I think last Wednesday, the uh, last two days last week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I did break pretty much even. So I was trading water, but I'm still up, but uh, not not by as much as I was before. I can tell you that. Um, what uh, what do you have prepared for uh, for the folks tonight? All right. Let's go with my picks. Um, there's some I had some issues doing Quinellas on the site. I guess they're trying to place everything. I know Mitch. From uh, Cineboy Downs and talk to the HPI bet. He CC'd us on the email. I'm going a bit weird here. Uh, I'm taking a couple places and shows. Let's see. Race one. Uh, Cineboy Downs called me out on Twitter. Oh, wait. That's not a Cineboy Downs. Sorry. See, they've redid the site. It's it's white now. It's not. It's a bit newer. I think more responsive. I think oh, in the long okay. run, it'll be good. You can see it here. But uh, my girl or guy, I don't know. My my horse Sophie McTrophy has won money for me before, so I'm on Sophie McTrophy to show. Uh, I just love the name, and then I'm on race. Let's go race seven. Uh, horse ten, Miss Falsetto. I want Miss Falsetto to win. I'm doing that one, and then we got race three, and horse number three. I spy with my little eye. That's a great game I play with my son. I will be taking I spy my little eye to place. I love the science involved in these. You you know, you got to have some kind of whatever reason you can convince yourself that it's a good pick. uh, You got to do it. And race five, I'm going to do another one to show that is third place is second. I am learning the terminology here. Uh, Course three, young boy. Uh, No reason why just the math works out. Young boy to show. That is in race number five, eh? Hmm. Sorry, race five. Yes, race five, horse three to show. All right, excellent. Okay, I've um, just been paying attention to some of these. I was going off the racing form, so we'll get these in afterwards. I did come back late last night and realized that I hadn't put in my picks, and I did manage to throw down... We, you know, we do 20 bucks a, 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 a night of live racing, so I put 10 down on a, I don't know, Quinella, and I was very, very close to my triactor. Uh, I missed by one horse. He finished fourth. Um, so I will add in another $10 bet in one of the final races. However, for a hor- for race number one, I'm going to do a 2-4 Quinella. Let me just get the uh, the names here for it. Yes, uh, Sizzle and Susie. Sizzle and Susie and Sophie with Trophy. So Susie yeah, and Sophie were riding with them. Sophie. Uh, race number two. We are going with oh geez, I'm gonna am I gonna ignore Otani again? I probably shouldn't do that, but I like Captive Kitten and I like Daydreamer. So we're gonna throw those two in on a parlay. Jeez, Otani's gonna probably burn me on that. But anyway, so we'll go four bucks on the two parlays for the first two. Now we've got two triactors. I like horse uh truly and terrific and divine ride in race number three. And I'm considering who I, I might change this up. Normally, you can just put three horses in and they can finish any order. And that's a $6 bet. I think what I might do is put one and four to finish like one, two, two, one. 
and then add in three and six as third. So I'm not sure how that will change my bet. I think it'll still be in and around six bucks. We'll see how that works. For race number four, I do have another triactor. Uh, Impressive Sense is number one. Euro Silver Biz is number two. And Mr. Snickers is number five. So we'll do the $6 triactor box on that. So that's 20. I will add in a triactor for race five. We're going to go one, two, three. Young Boy is three. St. Geezy is number two. And Dad's a Gambler is number one. Um, so we'll throw those in another $6 and I'll put a $4 Quinella on one of the last couple bets. So we'll do all that. HPIbet.com. You can watch the races tonight on a Cineboy Downs live on their YouTube channel. Guys do a great job of that. And it's 645. If you want some better advice than our picks, you listen to uh, Kirk and the uh, stretch. They'll get you ready for the action tonight with information on all the races and um, lots of fun to pop in with the guys in between races for their comments as well. And don't forget, Dining Room is open right now. They've got um, they've got a couple great things happening right now. Actually, I should get this back up because um, in addition to the VLTs being open, um, they've also got a, um, you know, a, a number of things that I think will continue to grow as we get out of this um out of this period of these uh, of these restrictions um spectators are allowed only on the second level of the facility and you must make reservations i have a feeling that has to do with con- uh, with contact tracing uh but right now the 82 VLTs are open from 9am until 12:15 in the licensed club west gaming lounge and they do right now have some great specials on the weekend the friday steak special or saturday prime rib $24.95 right now is available from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we'll keep you up to date on when people can uh, fill the stands again. And we'll certainly do something coming up uh, on Winnipeg Sports Talk when uh, when we're able to do that with everyone coming in. Um, Remo, uh, fantasy football players, this is why I hate doing drafts too early. Because I have a feeling that Cam Akers probably would have been a very high pick in most drafts this year. And uh, he like Mercy Maston, like the four riders, Achilles injury, Cam Akers out for the season. Um, it's a tough blow for the Rams, absolutely. Um, but anytime a starting stud running back in the NFL goes out, I immediately think about what that means for fantasy football this season. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And he tore his Achilles. Uh, seems to be, it's not just happening in the CFL, has no. NFL also... And he was great last year, uh, you know, when given the opportunity. But that's what fantasy football is about, oper- opportunity. And someone, I don't know if they're going to go sign someone. You know, he shared last year with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. I haven't been too up to date with, you know, my fantasy football studies. I actually don't do um, season-long fantasy football anymore. I, I'm done with it. It's it's too annoying. So I just stick with the daily. And, you know, once week one comes around, maybe I'll have a better idea. Maybe they sign a veteran. Um, I'm not too sure, but that sucks. He had his promising, was great for them in the playoffs. I remember I took him on DraftKings then and towards the end of the end of the year. So they really relied on him a lot. And they got Matt Stafford now at quarterback and a uh, big blow uh, to the run game. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Rams there. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, a couple other stories um, out of hockey yesterday, and I'm sure you and Matt um, talked about this yesterday. But, um, you know, really interesting to see the, amazing support coming out from around the hockey world after uh, Calgary Hitmen defenseman and Predators pro, uh, prospect Luke, Luke Prokop um, came out as gay yesterday. And, 
you know, listen, I am of the, and I get it. People going, well, you know, that's great. Why are we talking about it? Well, you know, in, in you know, hopefully down the road, that won't be, I mean, it'll be a footnote, if anything, and no one will care. But I will say for a 19-year-old to come out with the courage to, 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 to step forward and say, you know, this is me and I'm proud of it and I don't want to hide from it anymore. Um, it isn't really about, it, listen, there'll be a lot of things that he'll have to deal with going forward. And I'm sure he was prepared and it sounds like he's got a great support system from his family and friends and teammates and the Preds organization. But the reason why, Reem, this is important is that it really hasn't happened before. Um, and, you know, hockey is a, you know, I don't want to call it a closed society, but I mean, there's been a lot of questions about the hockey culture, if you will, um, if hockey really was for everyone. And I got to tell you, I'll give a lot of credit to a number of players in the National Hockey League who, you know, um, sent their support out. Jacob Truba won as well. I'll give Truba a hat tip. He, of course, was the You Can Play representative here on the Winnipeg Jets before he was traded to the New York Rangers. And, I mean, yeah, like, do I care about someone's social sexual orientation? Not at all. But, um, you know, it, this is this is not easy. There'll be a lot that comes with it. But I think, Reem, what is most important is that for other players in this situation that have had to maybe change the way they behave, hide things that they thought they, they really don't have to. And um, this is, I think, just the start of a number of players, you know, basically telling everyone who they are. It won't be an issue going forward. And, you know, in a year or two or three, hopefully, um, this will be almost insignificant. And these sort of conversations won't be groundbreaking anymore um, because, you know, these people will be accepted as they should be. Yeah, you're, abs- you're absolutely right, um, Hassan. I saw Dylan DeMello had a very uh, nice tweet uh, as well. So, you know, players coming out, everyone's being very accepting and nice to see that he can, you know, be you know, who he is, true to himself. And, you know, maybe I saw, you know, Brock McGillis, you know, who's a former NHL player who came out and he said, you know, this will be a huge weight off his shoulders and, um, you know, he can come out and maybe improve some performance. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I agree. I mean, doesn't change any of my opinions, but, you know, the stuff is out there. You got to imp- promote inclusivity. And, you know, maybe there's someone out there who is struggling with their identity um, who make them feel, you know, more comfortable. So, uh I think it, it was a great story and plastered all over, um, you know, Pierre Lebrun, great interview, 31 thoughts and a lot of great, um, you know, journalism on the topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is about Luke Prokop. But I mean, to have the courage to go out at this point in his career before he's made the NHL. I mean, that just is not something. I mean, I guess Michael Sam would be a, a comparison about a player that, you know, he was looking to get drafted. The draft happens earlier in hockey. Um, but anyways, I, I just I was very pleased with the response and even the usual mouth breathers and knuckle draggers that say all the stupid things on the Internet just to troll people. I don't really see almost any of that as well. Just wanted to mention, I didn't want to, uh, you know, kind of finish up the program mm-hmm. without making mention of it, although yeah. I know it was sort of yesterday's news. But um, in a very different story relating to the draft, um, interesting uh, uh, player Logan Milieu has removed himself from the draft, Remus. Um, And he put out a statement. You can see it on tsn.ca, basically a letter to all NHL teams, um, you know, asking that they do not consider him uh, to be picked this year. You know, apparently a very talented young prospect had a chance to go over to Sweden, uh, was involved in a consensual encounter with a woman, uh, but distributed photos of that afterwards. And, um, you know, she was just looking for a sincere apology from the player, 
But when you have something like that, um, it immediately is a massive red flag for NHL teams. And I think many of them had already, I mean, I know it's been reported that nine or 10 teams, when they found that out, immediately struck him off the draft board. Um, he'll be playing for the London Knights this year. Uh, I'm not sure whether a team, you know, tries to snag him late as a value pick or they respect his wishes and, you know, probably the right thing to do and leave his name off. I mean, when you think about what happened with the Coyotes, was it first round or their first pick, which was a third rounder last year, and like renouncing the rights to the kid a few days later, you certainly don't want to have that. But, um, man, 2021, you get some real weird stories, and um, this is one of them that's sort of a sign of the times that, you know, a terrible decision uh, by a young man that probably wasn't mature and, you know, certainly needs to do a lot of growing up and realize what's wrong and what's right. Um, will not be an NHL player next year. And, you know, if he has his way, and again, maybe some of this is PR, maybe this is image makeover, uh, but, you know, certainly through his own doings, he's definitely damaged, you know, the way people think of him. And, you know, he, he as a person has fitting into an NHL locker room and, and sounds like, you know, he'll uh, he'll get what he's asking for and, you know, be able to go back and try and um, repair his image and who he is as a person. And, you know, for his sake, you know, hopefully get a chance at some point down the road. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty, um, it seemed like a sincere statement, obviously, what he did, um, you know, not something that, uh, you know, NHL teams would want to have in their organization. So, uh, you know, he can take some time to mature and, and grow and maybe become a better player and a better person. So the Athletic did say 11 teams removed him from their list. And we'll see how it goes. Uh, does someone like sneak in there and like think they're pulling a fast one and get a late pick? Or do they respect the wishes of the player, Logan Mayu? And um and don't select him, but uh you know nice to see um you know him kind of own up, take responsibility, and you know because we again we saw a situation like this last year where there was a you know player who had some you know personal issues. I think thought thought they were pretty serious ones, and the coyote yeah, said absolutely, and like it was it was pretty ridiculous. Um you know he's bullying a player you know with who had a disability, I believe, or not a player, you know a classmate. And the yeah. Coyotes said, you know, we're going to we're going to take this guy. And, you know, they rightfully got absolutely ripped and then renounced the pick. So I don't and they see, you know, players, I think as much as, you know, it helps, you know, that you're good at at hockey. But you also I think teams are valuing um, the type of person you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some teams do a little bit more homework on that. Uh, obviously, um, Arizona, I know some people saying, oh, he'll get picked by the Coyotes. Yeah. And B.A. Split said if he's good, he'll get drafted. Um. And again, this might be the case of, you know, the agent saying, listen, what you did was horrible and you're paying the price for it right now. And you're a guy that many people think has first round talent that, you know, is going to drop to the fifth or sixth or seventh round. What does that for your earning potential going forward? You're better off just not being in the draft. I don't know. There's probably a lot of layers and levels to this, like some of it image makeover, some of it PR um, you know, some of it putting himself in the best position. Bottom line is what is reportedly what has happened. He was investigated uh, before for, for what he did in, in Sweden was unacceptable and, you know, not a good look, I think for any NHL team to call that young man's name, especially when you consider what he's put out going forward. That'll be a topic going forward. Big thanks to Carson Lambos mm. for coming on with us. What a, you know, a nice young man he is. And a very, very exciting prospect, Reeman. You know, we had talked, I remember about a couple of years ago, there was the potential that, 
You know, we thought Lambos could be, you know, definitely a top 10 pick, maybe even a top five pick. Uh, you know, a tough last year with going over to Finland and then missing all but two games of the Western Hockey League season. I think maybe limited his ability to jump into that top 10. But when you have the skating, the offensive ability that Lambos has and the track record that he has as a young player, um, you know, I don't think it'll be a surprise at all to hear his name called in the first round. It was interesting to hear him say that he's absolutely thought about the Winnipeg Jets potentially calling his name. And I think that would be an exciting pick for Winnipeg fans, considering the needs on defense. Um, you know, the player and young man he is. But the fact is that, you know, there's been very few local players picked by the Winnipeg Jets in the past, especially high up in the draft. And you know, I think there'd be some people that would really be on side with that pick going forward. But as we know, what the Jets will be doing on Friday, that's picking the best player available for their organization that they think fits. And uh, sometimes that's not always who the fans want. Yeah, they need a local kid, Huss. We need a kid from Winnipeg on the Jets. The Bombers have it in Harris and Dembski. There's so many Winnipeg NHLers. In fact, two of them got traded for each other uh, on what was it on the weekend. Uh, Cody Glass and Nolan Patrick. So we need someone on Winnipeg. Come on, let's. Uh, who cares? That was a wild yeah. trade. I meant to bring that up with Jim. Um, mm. And and you know, like you want to talk about somebody that maybe needs a fresh start. Nolan Patrick. I mean, listen, Philly. They picked him second overall. They thought that they had really you know hit a home run with him. Um, and, you know, he's been, his career has absolutely been derailed by injuries early on. Uh, but he's got, you know, a great track record. I mean, you think about those old Manitoba guys with the Wheaties and Kelly McCrimmon. He's going to get his opportunity in Vegas. But what's interesting, Reem, is that Cody Glass went the other way. And I think that also speaks to maybe some disappointment in Vegas as to what's become mm-hmm. of Glass after he was the first ever pick by the franchise, fifth overall, um, back when Vegas came into the league. And, of course, that was the same year that the Winnipeg Jets moved off their pick down in the draft, picked Veselainen as part of their arrangement with Vegas, and Vegas moved up and grabbed Nick Suzuki. And I don't think there's any comparison about players right now as NHLers from Glass, who has done almost nothing, you know, in limited time in the league, as opposed to what Nick Suzuki's done is really turning into a budding star. It points to a couple things. The uncertainty of the draft, of course, um, but also... Um, you know, the pressure on, you know, players, you know, like Glass that come in that, you know, maybe get passed by a couple of other guys. So he's going to get a fresh start, as will Nolan Patrick. And, uh, of course, Philly gets their defenseman, Ryan Ellis, who um, did clarify today, Reem, that you know, it wasn't a shoulder injury that he was dealing with. It was actually a knuckle. So, um, you know, I think Philly, they've been l- l- trying so hard for a, you know, a solid defenseman that can do many different things and they thought they had it in Gostas Bear. He's regressed a little bit, although he's still getting paid pretty good money. Ryan Ellis, an interesting bit. And you know, listen, I know there's the trade freeze right now. We saw quite a few moves on the weekend. And I would think that once the picks are finished tomorrow night for that expansion draft, heading into the draft, we could be talking about some breaking news on this program on Thursdays and Friday shows. Yeah, Nashville's made a couple interesting moves uh, trading Arvidson for um, a set, you know, two draft picks, I think it was second and third. And, uh, you know, looking at their guys they protected, it, it makes it even more puzzling to me why they would trade uh, Arvidsson. But, you know, it seems like they're kind of going through a bit of a retooling, getting uh, Fleet Myers and uh, Nolan Patrick and flipping him for Cody Glass. And Cody Glass, I mean, they tried to plug him in, Huss, uh, you yeah. know, with Stone and Patrick, Chandler Stevenson, uh, you know, got injured. And they really tried, but for whatever reason, it didn't work. And, you know, Nolan Patrick, uh, obviously Kelly McCrimmon, 
as a GM, very familiar with him with the Wheat Kings. So hopefully it works out and he can stay healthy. I think that's important for him. But interesting to point out that Vegas now, they had three first-round picks in that draft of their inaugural season. They traded all of them, Cody Glass, uh, Nick Suzuki for the Pacioretty deal, and then Eric Brandstrom in the Stone deal. So they've traded all those first-round picks, and it seems to be working out pretty good for Vegas. Uh, one more thing, Hus. The Jets announcing their preseason schedule. We've been yes. waiting for this for a while. Finally, preseason games. And I put out on the Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, Facebook at Canada Life Center. You're wondering, what the hell is that? Uh, formerly, the artist formerly known as Bell MTS Place, formerly the MTS Center. Yes, it is now the Canada Life Center. And uh, we got, what, September 26th, a Sunday against Ottawa, all Canadian teams. You got a Wednesday, then a Saturday night. As, they are a preseason hus. No problem giving Jets a 6, 6 p.m. Saturday night game in the preseason. <laughs> no, that's not, no, not an no. issue at all. <laughs> not an issue October 2nd. And then they go to Vancouver and two against Calgary home and home. So, uh, well, I don't know. We we don't have any details about like capacity or anything. We'll kind of wait and see. But uh, they're they're the uh, the preseason schedule. You know what? Um, and just back to Vegas for a minute. While we're talking about local guys, um, it wasn't just Patrick for Glass in a weird Winnipegger for Winnipegger trade, but they also acquired Brett Howden, oh, another yes. young guy from Winnipeg, another former first rounder, and of course. Howden was drafted by the Lightning. He moved to the Rangers, I want to say, in the Ryan McDonough trade, if I'm not mistaken, um, and was then been acquired. So Winnipeg guy out, couple Winnipeg guys in, as uh, Vegas sort of does become, in some ways, Manitoba South uh, come hockey season um, with the players in the system. I had a good laugh that they, first of all, that two Winnipeg guys were traded for each other, and then Vegas went and acquired Brett Brett Howden. I guess he got kind of, you know, once they got uh, Barclay Goodrow and signed him to some crazy six-year deal, uh, Brett Howden didn't have a spot anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, that hasn't been done yet, yeah. but it certainly sounds like a six-year deal at $3.6 million for Barclay Goodrow. That's we'll the Tanev see. deal. That, you know what? That's exactly <laughs> right. That's the Tanev deal. And, you know, Tanev, uh, not protected. I was sort of doing my, uh, uh, you know, a, a mock to figure out who they would take from each team and uh, i'll tell you what brandon tanov would be a very popular member of the kraken right out of the gate if he uh, if he joined the i'm club. you know we got uh here i'm on cap friendly here they got the like the countdown here and you go interactive and you can do the simulator which is very fun just to do and it is a good exercise but uh i, I always wonder i'm wondering you know you talk about marketing obviously they don't need to sell tickets but you need a face of the franchise and when the jets came back you know andrew ladd was the captain, and you know Vegas had Mark Andre Fleury. He was their franchise player. Who's who's going to be Vegas's? And I, you know, looking at these players available, I'm not. I don't have a very good well, idea. It's Carey I mean, Price. It's Carey Price that they sent if they sign him. If they, but he's got um, t- ten million a year. I mean, do you want to spend that much on a goalie who's 34 for five years? I don't know if you do. Well, no, you're right. I mean, that's the only reason. I mean, yes. that's the only reason. Oh, like, do you want Carey Price to be your goalie? Well, yeah, um, but there's a reason why he's available right now. There's some health concerns, and there's that, you know, little detail of $52.5 million owed to him over the course mm-hmm. of the next few. I'll tell you what is really intriguing to me, and it's Gabe Landeskog out of Colorado. I mean, Seattle can negotiate with free agents, pending free agents right now, and if they sign that player, 
that counts as their selection from the club. Um, from all accounts, the negotiations between the Avalanche and Landeskog have not gone smoothly. Um, you know, it looks like Joe Sackick's trying to get him in on a deal that makes sense for the club. And for a guy that's been, I mean, the captain since he was 19 years old and such a big part of that organization, I think is feeling somewhat slighted. Um, and that may mean him going to market. And listen, does Landeskog want to just go to the highest bidder? I mean, I think Seattle would probably be able to be that. But I mean, if you could get a player of that ilk to come in on day number one, to me, it's a no-brainer that he becomes. He's not just one of these, you know, traditional expansion team captains. It's the guy that's been in the league for 15 years and is a leader going forward. This would be a player that would be a core piece of theirs for the duration of what would likely be a seven-year deal. Yeah, sounds like Landis Cog is on his way out of Colorado. You know, maybe St. Louis. I heard he's good buddies with O'Reilly from his days uh, with the Avs. So that is uh, something to watch. And maybe Landis Cog is one. I know we're running down. Has, did you have an update today um, on the Gold Eyes? Wayne Jones was asking. You were talking to me. Did you? Uh, yes, I was. Um, with the put it this way, um, we will have Andrew Collier on in the next couple of days. Uh, hopefully, you know, as long as everything is, I do believe they've got a pretty good idea about the agreement of what will it will take for the Gold Eyes to come back, but. I think there's some things that need to be covered over the course of the next 48 hours. Um, and as soon as that is good to go, we will have him uh, on the program and uh, we'll let you know. I am really crossing my fingers that when we get into August, not only will we have the Bombers and Ticats and the CFL back, uh, but we'll be able to squeeze out a few homestands down at Shaw Park for the Fish, who were missing greatly as they played down in Tennessee. Uh, hey, shout out Destruction is in here. Shout out Mark Sports Video, a great moment. Uh, tip thursday victory lane speedway is opening as well and remo that's big for us because of course that's the first chance that um racing fans will be able to see our guy rick delane and delane racing rock the winnipeg sports talk logo out at the track yes let me just pull it up uh right here hold on i have his instagram he posted some pictures yesterday of that car and uh it's ready to go at victory Lane, hold on. I got I got this thing right here. There we yeah, go. Yeah, if you haven't seen this so far, of all the cool things that have happened to us so far, this Rick is got the us getting involved with uh with Rick's car. Remus has been in that car. We did some photos. I went in. It. It's loud, it grinds, hits um anyways. This is gonna be great. So official good luck from the entire Winnipeg Sports Talk crew to Delane Racing. We cannot wait to get out there. And if you are a fan of the track. Uh, It sounds like Victory Lane is opening on Thursday for the first time. So get to their website for any details as far as if you have to be double vaccinated, pricing and all Mm -hmm. that. But we'll be out there at some point cheering on our buddy, Rick Delane. BA saying, no FA, you will get picked. Well, yeah, no. Well, I mean, right now they're just signing Chris Dreger. I'm not, BA, you might be mistaken, but like they can talk to the UFAs right now and sign them. If they sign them before they get to market, that counts as their selection. So assuming that Chris Dreger is signed as all the reports saying that they're closing in on a deal at 3.3 million, he'll be a goalie for them. That will count as their selection from Colorado or from Florida. If they do the same thing with Landeskog and they can get some sort of an agreement that he is the player, they will do that. That will count as Colorado's pick. So um, that can happen before the expansion draft. Uh, and uh, if not, they'll uh, go forward into free agency and, you know, could still potentially sign those deals. It'll be very, very interesting um, uh, going on it. 
Um, all right. So it, it's been a great show. I mean, big thanks to Carson Lambos for coming on. Of course, Darren Bombing, and great to see Toth and his growing young family with us as well in the program. If you're listening on the podcast, definitely check that out on YouTube. If you uh, haven't already, folks, do us a favor. Hit that thumbs up before you leave and make sure you are subscribed. We're getting close to 5,000. There will be confetti going off on the program, and we will certainly have some great giveaways to do that, so make sure you're subscribed before we get to that number. And uh, otherwise, Reem, tomorrow's the big day. Uh, Seattle Kraken expansion draft. Scott Billix is going to join us. We'll talk about all things as it relates to the Winnipeg Jets going into the expansion draft and the draft. And Remo, I think what we're both going to have to do before tomorrow's show is uh, do our own mock drafts and compare them on tomorrow's show. Um, we won't have another opportunity to do mock expansion drafts for a long, long time. So we better get in before it goes down tomorrow night. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to, and maybe we'll see who uh, picks the most uh, most correct. So that actually is not a bad not a bad plan. And I know you know the insiders are working hard and digging up the information. We did have that video of uh, the fish, and now you know them at the Pike Place Market with a fish. Saying Kerfit was the play, although the Kraken said there were multiple takes, but uh, we don't have multiple videos, so I don't, I don't believe that for a second. Here's so. a video you can clip this, see if we film everyone. The Winnipeg, the Seattle Kraken select Sammy Niku. <laughs> there's, there's your Niku yes. uh, what signed card. numbered what card. card. What's the uh, value on that card? Uh, I think it's like 20 or 30 bucks. I mean, yeah. it was, the, it's the rookie from the upper deck clear cut after he just played the one game. Uh, and yeah, it's 48 out of 83. That's, that's not going anywhere though. That's going to be a family heirloom remembering the Sammy Niku era in Winnipeg. If of course he does, uh, he does move on. Um, anyways, folks, thanks to everyone for being with us. Big thanks to uh, not auto corp, little Brown jug, breezy bend, Boston pizza, DQ, Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Royal Sports, Aikens Lake. Matt had such a great time. Thanks again, Pitt, Julie, Pat Janelle, all the great people up at Aikens. And of course, the Cineboy at Downs. We'll get off. Make sure we get those picks in on hbibet.com. We'll check out the races tonight on the track and Cool Bet Canada. Uh, once again, thank you to Rewiki and Matt Libel for filling in for a couple days. It is great to be back. Thanks to everyone in chat for the warm welcome. And uh, a shout out to my guy, Michael Remus, for making it happen for a couple days while I was away and uh, continuing to uh, be the uh, brains of the operation as the CTO. Big show tomorrow, all on the expansion draft. We'll have the latest news from Bomber Practice. Scott Billick's going to join us. We'll do our mock drafts. We'll decide, and then we'll find out whether it will be DeMello, Appleton, a deal, something else. Going to be a very fun day tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Folks, thanks for being with us. Thanks to the sponsors. If you're listening on the podcast and you made it this far, give us a little uh, rate and review. Always helps on Apple Podcasts. And as always, hit that like button on your way out. Folks, have a great night tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to be back. Oh, my God. Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.